Once upon a time, a romance author found a magic lamp. (laughs) When she rubbed it, a genie popped out and asked for her one wish. She thought on this wish for hours and days and did everything she could to see a downside of her, her desires. Not considering any toxic fallout, she asked the genie, name and novel be recognized by her peers by way of a Rita nomination. She didn't ask to win. She simply asked for a nod. The year was 2019, and that genie was one clever bitch. Wow. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I mean, I know you guys have all been, like, running to the theater to see us. (laughs) But this is the real horror. (laughs) The real real horror has been on Twitter. (laughs) This is the real plot twist. This is the real plot twist, bitches. <laughs> Someone send this to Jordan Peele. Someone's, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Catherine Bubai has the real, has the real racial horror. Oh my God. It's like, get out of here, us. Get out of here. Uh, what's that other one he did? Get out. Uh, get out. Get out of here. Get out. Let me tell you a story about uh, racism and oppression. That was so wild. I, yes. So, hi, guys. This is Black Chicklet. This is Black Chicklet. And if you can't tell, we're messy bitches who live for the drama. (laughs) That's our brand. We decided before we started recording that we're just going to, we started this podcast with all the intentions of being respectable. And I think we, we? I I think we like had, yeah, we did. (laughs) We forgot. Go back and listen. We've forgotten so much, but I think we did. Like, we would do takes. We had like, aspirations and like i think we just had to give up and embrace this is who we are i still have aspirations i do too but they're not as lofty yeah they're (laughs) mediocre would you say (laughs) she came in so hot so hot and i was like girl first of all i don't even know how she found us never mind i'm not going to get into that that woman does not deserve to be (laughs) she was just someone on twitter with an opinion and that's fine we're here to that's talk about we're people on twitter with an opinion and you know what we're gonna get messy in this episode it's, so. it's gonna be sloppy <laughs> um before we get into it though let's check in mental check yeah, in how are you molly check-in. i'm good it's cold i'm under a blanket right now because you know what guys you know what it's 7 a.m here <laughs> it's 9 a.m where i am we did this early because molly was excited Yes, I was like, we were, we were like, oh, can we record at our normal time? No, can we record on Sunday? No, and it was like, okay, but we got to get this one out here because you know there's just so much going on, and we had we had like so much going on on Twitter, and then so much going on like just with our question. Yes, <laughs> so it was like we had to like do something with all this information. So let's get up. I said, let's get up at we're gonna do seven my time, nine your time. Just roll out of bed and. Here we are. My hair is still wrapped. It's still in its beehive (laughs) with a soft scarf tied around it. it. Uh, So the messiness begins. So this episode might also be posted a little early because next weekend I'm going to be in Chicago for KissCon. So look at you. I know. I'm excited. I'm like really... I'm really self-centered because the thing I'm most excited about is uh, Alyssa Cole's new book is going to be on sale before general there before general <laughs> release, and I was not aware of this before, and I was like, "Yep, buying them all." So, <laughs> so okay, should we should we do our messy everyone's messy controversial opinions first, or should we get to the meat of it? The the Rita's I, so white. 
I think we talk about Rita first okay. and then go to the the messy opinions because the messy opinions are more fun. Yes, that's true. We need some some kind of palate cleanser after yeah. some of the bullshit we would have been read. <laughs> we would have read. Okay, so, so I actually, Danielle, explain to me what is a Rita? Okay, and why does she got people so mad? <laughs> the okay, so the Romance Writers of America is the trade organization for romance writers. And, and so, that's RWA. Yes, RWA. Okay. Um, and so they have an award they get out. They have awards that they give out every year. Sort of like the Oscars. The Academy gives out the Oscars. The Romance Board gives out the Ritas. And it's the most smart, air quotes, prestigious award of the <laughs> romance industry. I okay. want to do a caveat up front. I generally don't care. As a reader, I don't give a shit about the readers because yeah. I look at, since I started reading more seriously, like following book news and stuff, I look at the nominees and every year it's like, I don't know who any of these people are. And so I go about yeah. my day. And so they're awarded every year during their national conference. Um, they're also, as part of it, is the Lifetime Achievement Award. Beverly Jenkins won last year. I think it was last oh, okay. year. It may have been 2017. She won recently. Because I saw someone coming in for hot for her too and i was like "Mm -mm." Mm -mm." and i was like i don't i don't i don't know her i don't need to be like taking off my earrings and trying to jump (laughs) right like there was so much messiness coming out it's like y'all there was so much messiness it was like well if authors such a she said she didn't even submit and if authors you know don't submit it's it's like we'll get we'll get to the hot takes oh we'll get to the hot hot takes. takes so now, I'm obviously, because I'm not a romance writer, I'm not a member of the organization, but there have been a lot of people talking about how the process usually works, and then I sort of gleaned for that. But if I'm off on any details, just let me know. But from what I've gathered, you not only have to pay to be a member of the RWA, you have to pay per, you have to pay for each entry to submit. Oh, so, for each entry? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do we have any idea how much it is? I read 50 for the first, or maybe it's 75 for the first, and then 50 for every consecutive one. Mm, that's so expensive. yeah so from what i've gathered last this has been a problem like there's never been a black like winner in a competitive rita um mm. award and so mm. from what i've gathered the board knows about this and they encouraged a lot of authors of color this year to like you know like we're gonna try we're working on diversifying we really want to encourage you to submit your awards because we're really making a goal of it ours to, we're making it a goal of ours to honor these books so i think from what i've gathered a lot of a lot more authors of color submitted this year in the hopes mm. that, you know, they were taking this seriously and they would be recognized for their work. And well, did they also pay to... I believe, yes. I believe they still paid. So, okay. and also remember, because you have to be a member to submit, you have to pay to be on the board. So may, there might be some people who weren't members who maybe also paid a bit to join, to join mm. so they could mm. enter. So it's like cost on top of cost. And okay. so they announced the finalists this year mm-hmm. and there were no black finalists mm. in the, in any of the competitive awards. Mm. Um, so what do we know, like any of the actual numbers? So in 2019, the, so in 2016, there were four, she's comparing it, I guess there were four authors who were identified as people of color who were finalists and only one okay. won. And mm-hmm. in 2019, there must not have been any in 2017 and 2018 is what I'm mm. getting. And then in 2019, it's gone down. There were three people, mm. three authors who were, who identif- were identified as people of color in the, as a finalist. Wow. And apparently, so yeah, and apparently as of this year, 
there's been no author of color in any of like the competitive categories, like best first book, best, um, I guess the best first book is probably the one that seems to be the most competitive. So yeah, they've got some, uh, they've got a problem. Mm. And uh, we should say that this is that, um, we're pulling this from that 20 years of Rita data report by, how do you say that? Brownwin Fleetwood? Brownwin? Yeah. Yeah. Brownwin Fleetwood Brownwin. at, at Brownies way on Twitter. Yeah. We retweeted it, but I will also share the link in the show notes. So basically it's, it's like Oscar's so white. Mm-hmm. And because of the way the judging works, it's very easy for people's personal biases to be reflected in the list of finalists. For example, mm-hmm. I have not seen a screenshot, but I've seen enough people talking about this that it makes me wonder it must have actually happened. There was apparently a book where, and I, if it was, I swear, if it was Princess in Theory, I'm going to lose it. There's apparently <laughs> a book where points were docked because the judge could not believe that a black woman could have an MPH, a master's of public health. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Wait, (laughs) what? I know. I refuse to believe that she could be a judge and be so stupid. I know. Let me tell you about my friend Google. (laughs) Well, it's funny because people are in the tweets like, you do know that the stereotypical master of public health is like a a 40-year-old black woman. Right? I just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to let you finish. Okay. So, yeah. So, they have the awards. There are very few authors of color, and that's because... So, basically, people nominate themselves. They nominate okay. their works into their works. Can you talk works. about... Yeah. Talk about kind of the nomination and how this works, because that was kind of wild to me, too. Yeah. People nominate themselves, submit their works. I believe the books are then... People on the board... They I don't know if there's a separate committee, but people... Judges read the books and then judge them... Judge them just, like... Sub, I, doesn't there doesn't seem to be a rubric because people who have mm. served on this award said like there was no rubric they were sort of just going off and trying to do it themselves okay. um and it doesn't seem to be specific to genre so you may have someone who writes shitty Amish romances <laughs> reviewing books that have actually black people actual black people in them mm. so it doesn't seem to be sensitive to that and so they trace their points they put the points up and i think it's just whoever gets the most peer nomin peer points like based on the peer review whoever gets the most points gets declared mm. the winner okay so this year was extra messy because of and i guess this is where we can get into it so that's what happened the awards were announced people were not happy because they were told that this is something we're working on and that's and instead of like people having common sense and saying like, you're right, this is a problem. We should fix it. Mm-hmm. Some people just doubled down and showed the entirety of their ass. Yeah. And we, this is where it gets really wild. <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> so, so I think we, we can't deny, you can't deny that there is a problem in this organization that there's never been one black or person of color. Yeah. No, black. I don't want to say person. Of color. I think there has been um, a few, like very few though. There've been very few black or people of color who have won. Right. The awards. They're and very course, few They're very final. white. Yes. Like, I know we'd say we want to focus um, when we're, we're talking about a lack of pe- black people, we want to talk about black people, which I agree in this situation, but it's also that these awards are overwhelmingly white. Like, they're excluding. And I even saw some stuff about people saying, like, they didn't really prefer to read about, like, same sex or... Yeah, they um, don't. It's very straight, too, despite the fact that there's, like, a lot more, like, there's a... 
when romance is so diverse yeah when like there's so much happening like just a little bit that you've shown me so it's kind of like to be like well this is the only thing that we like it's excluding like such a wide range but you know since we are two black people since we're two black women like that's where our focus is going to be and it's not to say that we want to exclude anyone else but I don't really believe that also like we as black women have to carry the conversation forward for everybody everybody like yeah. it, it, because I can't really speak to all of that so I don't want to like show my own ass and be like oh this or that like I yeah. can only talk about what I know so yeah. this isn't to say we want to exclude it this is just to say that if you are not black but you're also feeling like that lack of representation like girl you know hangouts is free and <laughs> your phone probably came with a pair of headphones so you know talk about it too right I, I just wanted to put that out there yeah, I just wanted to make sure I was accurate that there had been authors of color who have won the awards, but there's never been a black a black author. Award. Yes. Okay. So okay. like apparently I saw the data point like more men have won. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, there was like um a, a man like a there was a writer who identified it, yeah, as male and he wrote um I think a book that ended up winning an award. It's in that same presentation that um oh. we got the data set from. Okay. So that's that's the overall cut of it. And then just once it was announced, people just started acting a fool. It's wildin', it's wildin' even, out here. I don't even know where to start. Oh, I guess I. So I think the thing that really kicked it off was this year's nominated, or I guess she won, but this year, well, she got taken in. This year's um, Lifetime Achievement Award recipient, mm-hmm. um, Cherry something. Apparently, she's well known. I've never heard of her. I guess I don't read her work. Um, she. So someone tweeted like, you know, this is messed up that women authors of color are constantly, you know, sidelined in these awards. And she retweeted it and quoted and she said basically something along the lines of this is important, but can't we let the winners can't we let the winners have their day? Like, can we wait five minutes before we start, you know, ruining the winners in the finalist day? Let them enjoy their nomination. Mm. And she was called out and told that that's kind of insensitive and it ignores the problem and like how they've been waiting for 20 years mm-hmm. to be recognized and still nothing has happened. I have it. It's Cherry Adier. I think Adier. so. Yeah. She says, I agree 100%. Um, and I wanted to bring this up. This is on the, the outline. I put the outline together for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's that last one. I agree 100% that this must change, but can't we wait five minutes for the finalists to enjoy their day? And she got into it a little bit with um, a black author that we know. So yeah. So I wanted to pull and bring that one to attention because <clears throat> it's just, I, 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 I've never gotten any award, like ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've never received an award, but I feel like if I were to get an award in a system that was like demonstrably racist, exclusive, um, homophobic, um, and exclusive, then that would not be an award I would want to have. Like I would not feel good about taking that if it meant that other people were being excluded because it wouldn't mean that I was the best. It would be invalid to me because I knew I would know that other people who were, who could be better than me weren't considered because of something that some immutable characteristic because they were black, because they were, you know, queer, because they were something else. So that award would not have any 
weight to me and saying like, can't we just let people enjoy this? It's kind of like, well, why don't you shut about shut up about your feelings for a second? Because right. I really deserve the spotlight in this racist system, which don't hold no water for me. Right. And actually, like, when should when are they supposed to talk about it? Because if you wait too long, people will be like, well, why are you bringing this up now? Right. You do it too soon. People are like, can't you wait? It's like there's never an appropriate time. Right. Well, I guess there's always an appropriate time, and that includes right after the award has been announced. Yeah. The finalists have been announced. Yeah, so it's so, like, it's like I don't want you to talk about it now. To me, kind of equates, like, I don't want you to talk about this ever. Yeah, like, don't inconvenience you keep, me with your, with your exactly. pain. Exactly. Don't, yeah. like, I got this award, and I feel really good about it, and you're making me feel bad about it, and I don't like that. And that's the real racism. Exactly. And that's what this shit has turned into. And the thing is, if she had just said, like, Look, I don't expect everyone to be perfect. And she had just said, like, you know what? That was a, had some sense of humility. And just like, you know what? That was a really shitty take. And had stopped and said, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet now. She probably no, would not have yeah. faced the backlash she got. Yeah. She doubled down. She, she doubled pulled, down. She did that thing where you pull a dictionary definition. Oh, my God. So she says, again, I'm with you on this. I'm angry, hurt on behalf of all the POC writers, which that apostrophe doesn't go there. <laughs> and agree that this must change. But surely this didn't come as a surprise to these voices right now. It's been this way with RWA for decades. We still haven't fixed it. Why not? And it's kind of like, oh, so you just mad now. You mad when it's my turn to win, even though they've been racist forever. So why can't you just stomach this for a little bit longer and um, just let me enjoy my day in the sun? And it's kind of like, again, if you are benefiting from systems of racism, you should be expected to call out, to be called out. Yeah. Like, you and know, then, it's just, I don't, it, it, this one really bothered me. This, this thread oh, really bothered me. This one didn't bother me as much as the Catherine Bye-bye Laylee. Oh, lady. we'll get to that one. <laughs> she's a hot mess and she's on the board apparently. And this is, I don't want to get into it yet. I'll say my thoughts about her. But, um, so Cherry Adair, she pulled her. Well, they say she rescinded like her her award and they just won't have a lifetime award winner this year or lifetime mm-hmm. recognition or whatever. I can't remember what it is. They won't have one this year. And so and I think like it didn't have to happen if she had just sat like what is this gift? Just sat there and eat your food. Right. You, so I, I hope she's not running around or I hope people aren't running around saying because that's apparently it's all the you know, trademark nice white ladies who seem to be sort of part of the problem. Right. So I don't want she her turns like, so quick. Yeah. Like, fortunately, we have freedom of speech. And I, like you, am entitled to my opinion when everyone, even when we have the same opinion. And it's kind of like, girl, girl, what the hell? Like, this goes sideways so fast. And so why I wanted to keep bringing up this thread is because I saw later that she started, like, kind of blocking people. Oh, who, it became yeah. like a badge of honor, I think, for some people. They're like, I got blocked <laughs> for Sharon. <laughs> I got to look. We're not, like, cool enough to be blocked by anybody. After this episode, who who knows? I mean, our hater blocked us all. <laughs> I think she was just overwhelmed by our stupidity and our response. But anyway, um, we had not been blocked, so I don't want to put any words into this woman's mouth. But I just think it's funny that she was like, we have freedom of speech. And then, like, she blocks everyone who disagrees, disagrees with, her. with her. Even, like, the most gentle of disagreement from what I could tell. Yeah. Like, and people it's really like, trying to educate this woman. And it's like, you can't. 
this whole like free it's such like what do they call it like a bird whistle like freedom of speech it freedom of speech does not mean you're free to you're free from like consequences consequences or criticism or response it just means that the government cannot come in (laughs) and like take your newspaper away from you because you talked about like the Kremlin or something like that's not how that shit works that's not how any of this works so to say freedom of speech it's it's a meaningless like dog whistle here and then to go around and block people and not to see the irony in that is astounding to me it's astounding to me that 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 this has gotten to this point because I I so again like we might have people who aren't familiar with us <laughs> listening to this episode now that I'm thinking back uh so Danielle um my wonderful co-host who edits out all of our nonsense um she she's been reading romance for a very long time like you've been reading it since you were a kid yeah you talked in the Beverly Jenkins how you got like a sack full of <laughs> a grocery sack full of romance novels like in 1999 maybe I was trying to think when it started <laughs> And I'm I'm very I'm new to the genre, but it's like the way that I've been finding out about it is not through these awards. So to pretend like this is some prestigious thing, to pretend like it's that thing, because even when you were saying like, oh no, like black authors have really won, and I'm like, I'm really trying to think of like the three biggest like romance books that I've seen since I really started paying attention, mm-hmm. and it's been um, Alyssa Cole, it's been um, the girl who did the proposal. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, the crazy witch, rich Asians girl. Asians girl. That's a man, like, actually, but yes. Oh, man. Excuse me. I'm sorry. But it's like it's people of color yeah. who are really like pushing the boundaries and pushing this this genre. And so if the awards can't keep up with that and me as a new reader, like I would never think to go to this award, you know, whatever to get recommendations. So it's like how legitimate could it be? how willing to die on this hill for this award that isn't reflective of romance readers. Are you really going to push this? Yeah. Well, because I was thinking about that and I get why it's important for the authors. Like it, it is important. Like you're being honored by your peers. So I could see how that is an important thing to you. But me as a reader, I mean, the Goodreads reader's choice is probably a more accurate and that's just a straight popularity contest. They just look at the books that have the highest ratings and then you vote on which one you like (laughs) and like anybody can vote on that and um there used to be another award the romantic times i think it was like the reviewer's choice award Mm -hmm. and i think it was also a little bit more representative because i think it was a bit more i I don't know if librarians and bloggers and other people had to say but i think it was a bit more democratic Mm -hmm. in who they polled for the awards and um, how they picked the books to be nominated Mm -hmm. readers has that problem like it's the same thing with the oscars when you have a board that's usually the most privileged, the ones who made it there, the ones who made it to be a seat at the table, and they're the ones picking, you know, the next winners. It sort of happens, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It does. And if I could chalk a comparison, it very much reminds me of Shangela's season of um, All Star on RuPaul, where, <laughs> first of all, Shangela was fucking robbed you know what I mean she was robbed and it was not right how they did her because it was like the people who had left the competition came in to vote on who should let go into the final round and she was the best all season and then at the very last second like somebody else gets it and then um 
But you know what? It's it's the silver lining because then Lady Gaga called her and was like, I really want you in my movie. Whatever that movie was called. What was that movie called? Oh, uh, A Star is Born? A Star is Born. So she's in that. And then I just saw on Twitter literally just this morning that she did a Beyonce rendition or Beyonce like compilation for Beyonce and got a standing ovation for Beyonce. So it's like I'm really like struggling like in the wake of all these like blank so white controversies to think like I kind of want to Jordan peel it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, you don't want to have space for me. That's fine. Like your shit is irrelevant because the things that are resonating with readers, the things that are resonating with viewers, the things that are resonating over a drag con are not, if they're not the things that are going to get these quote unquote awards, then how legitimate could they be? And I guess I'm just like so surprised that so many people would like show their whole ass <laughs> to, like, to protect their, like to protect, their interest. Exa- to protect this thing that isn't relevant. Yeah. So it's like, I think we get this idea that these awards are like so important, but I'm I, like, I just want to go into this conversation with like, well, how important are they really? Because like you were right. Like I'm thinking when you think all the big romance titles, there's the quiz quotient, which has an Asian lead. There's an extraordinary union, which I saw everywhere. Patton Oswalt um, <laughs> was reading it. That book one, like Beverly Jenkins has never... That her when Forbidden came out, I saw that everywhere, and it's like none of these books have even been a finalist, despite the fact that they're, like, they're making, they're taking like national, like national platforms right. are, are talking about them and saying like this book is good, you need to read it. Right. So it's like how much of just like a little like insular club is this becoming? Yeah, the ward is not the problem; it's a symptom, and mm. I think it's um. And I think we saw that with that one member of the board. I think we should get into it because she's the one who infuriated me the most. The Catherine okay. Bybee. I was mispronouncing her name purposely because I don't care. But um, she sort of, there's so much mess with her. I can't even find which screenshot to read <laughs> first. But it started off with her when people were first upset about the, the kerfuffle that was happening. She sort of came on and she was like, Oh, how quickly forget how quickly people forget all that RWA has done when cocky gate come around. And now we're getting all worked up over in a war. Oh, I have I have the tweet here. <laughs> Molly will read people's receipts. Go ahead. She says <laughs> <clears throat> How soon people forget what the RWA did for a hashtag cocky gate. Now some want to throw it away over an award, digging deep to find the love. It's like these oh woe is me takes by these nice white ladies are just insane. It's a bad look. It's a terrible look. It's a bad look. I don't even understand the correlation. Like, (laughs) I don't. So I, I, again, I wasn't, you kind of explained cocky gate to me. Do you remember RW? RWA playing a significant role in Cocky Gate. I think what they did was, so a lot of the authors remember we're getting those cease and desist letters from that uh-huh. one author who was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sue you if you use the word cocky. In my, and I think they provided like legal and possibly financial support. Okay, like I think, cool. cause it was in their best interest to, it was in their yeah. best interest to protect this, to protect the industry from this woman trying to run around and copyright a word that is used in so many authors' works. And she's mm-hmm. running around abusing a copyright to, I don't okay. know, not unlawfully, I don't know what you say, to frivolous lawsuits, I guess. So, I mean, like, yeah, they they played some role because it's relevant on this. This is relevant, too, though. Like, mm-hmm. if you are not 
adequately and equitably representing all of the writers who pay Mm -hmm. dues to be a member of your organization, Mm -hmm. you're not serving them. And no matter what you did in terms of cocky gate, performing it, doing your job on cocky gate doesn't mean you don't get to do your job now. Right. It's kind of like when we were talking about R. Kelly the other week and he was like, (laughs) double jeopardy. (laughs) It's like, again, it's not how it works. If you are saying, okay, we helped with this. Now we get to be racist. That's not, that's not the look, boo-boo. That's a a shitty take. That's a shitty take. And then apparently, so this is the thing I find. She's on the board and has a very racist book that was apparently nominated and made a final. Yes. About the thieving black grandparents. Yeah, so this is what I want to talk about. This is, again, the awards are not a, the awards are the symptom, not the problem. The fact mm-hmm. that this book, so she has this book. Ah, oh, I got to look up the title. It's got um. It's shout out to that Jen Reads Romance. Yes, she's she, great. she like, read a bunch of them. I'm not prepared today because I don't have the title of her book. Either way, she wrote a book, and I'm Googling the title now. She wrote a book where basically this woman's best friend who was black died and left her custody of her son. Her son you know, a black teenager. Mm-hmm. And so the author is like, there's apparently a lot of racism in that the way the white lady talks to the teenager, like apparently mm-hmm. she tells him, stop acting like you're from Compton mm-hmm. or something. And there's also racism in the way that the grandparents, AKA the people you would think who would have actual, you know, be first pick for custody of this child. You know, his family. Are, yeah. Who probably are, are ter- you know, heartbroken and terrified that their daughter died. Yeah, you would think. You would like you why would, are they they're the, apparently the villain. The but black people, you know, we have no familial like desires or you know, we were all ripped apart by slavery anyway, so it's just fine to go ahead and steal a little black child Exactly. And so they're apparently just characterized as like terrible, they're they're terrible and evil and they're like clearly the bad guy and there's apparently no nuance in their portrayal at all. Yeah. So and I just um, and that thread, I saw something. She was like, uh, the guy comes in, he puts his briefcase down, and he sees uh, the son was black. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. And it's like, if I, okay, again, and maybe, maybe it's symptomatic of like who, like the kind of life that you led, but you probably went to school. I went to school, there are kids in my neighborhood. It's like kids would be all colors of the rainbow. You know what I mean? And it'd be like, this is my sister, that my cousin, whatever. And I really think, and this is kind of what I was talking about like last week in some articles I saw this week, and I want to reiterate it again, stop acting like interracial and like multiracial family structures are horrifying or tragic or they're fucking normal. Get over it, people. They're normal. Like this whole tragic mulatto bullshit, this whole interracial bullshit, this whole your kid doesn't look like you bullshit. It's like. I don't know. It's like people are so like freaked out by the fact like this guy was so freaked out in this. And I only read this one excerpt because I can't say everything. But what I've heard seems to. But it's like you walk in, you see the sun is black. And it's like, (gasps) did she fuck a black guy? You know what I mean? It reads like that. And it's like, stop. Stop with is, this. <laughs> it's it's messiness. The book is titled Not Quite Crazy by Catherine Bybee. And what the fuck does that mean? And it's nominated and it made it nominated and it was a finalist. And it's like, so not only are the authors who are writing, you know, accurate diverse romances being overlooked, this is what's being promoted. Right. So like it's a structural, it's a problem that everyone who read this book apparently saw no problem with it. Not only right. that, they they awarded it. And let's not forget that not 
that long ago, there was another hubbub with the Ritas when a book wherein a Jewish woman who was hiding during the Holocaust by passing as a non-Jewish woman working in the office of a man main, uh, managing a uh, uh, concentration camp and she falls what? in love with she falls in love with the commandant of a concentration camp what? and it made it to the finals it was filed in two categories what's wrong with these awards like that should have been the smoke that should have been the smoke that should have been like you know what maybe we need to look at how this <laughs> this is how we're doing this because this should not have made it this far it was again those messy messy christian romances i'm sorry i i can't with christian media sometimes they just wait and it. this is so this is considered a christian romance it was an inspirational romance inspirational read christian okay and they're talking about a jewish woman well she converts to to make it worse she converts to christianity at the end of the book it's toxic it's bad every which way there's no way to look at it and not like it's terrible and they're saying this is the best romance has to offer. I just... It was like one of the finalists for that genre. It's so the woman who does the smart bitches trashy books, she's Jewish. And uh-huh. she like, I think I have to find it. She did a really good letter about how like, no, this is not what romance is. And there was no way a Jewish woman in 1940s Nazi Germany would ever, one, the difference of power. And two, the idea that a woman would be able to forgive someone who was doing what she, I mean the Holocaust. Committing Jew, uh, committing genocide against the Jewish people. Yeah, common sense, like no, that is not a romantic. No, and then so no. it was just it was so messy, and that should have been the smoke. To be perfectly honest, that should have been the sign that maybe we need to look at this system and see like what's going on. How did it even make it this far? I'm just so I'm digging mm. de- deep to find the love, Daniel. I can't <laughs> find it. <laughs> But oh the, so, yeah, so go ahead and continue with um, uh, Miss Catherine. Oh, so she she posted that tweet, Re, like, uh, we did cocky gate, stop hating on us. She's, again, a direct, she's on the board of directors and she has a book that's nominated. It seems like you shouldn't be able to do both. It seems like there's some kind of conflict of interest there. Mm-hmm. But that's a different discussion. So she has sort of been taking, people are calling for her to withdraw her nomination and she eventually did, because again, that book, as we discussed, was pretty toxic. It was racist. Mm-hmm. She's been taking the sort of, oh, I'm the oh, woe is me. She seems kind of victim-y. She posted she an does. apology. Well, she did that, that video, right? Yeah, and I didn't see it because I'm not on her Facebook page. But, but she I did heard do it a, was like real wild. It was apparently, oh gosh, apparently it was just more of her like just sort of saying like, like I, I, I know it's not fair, but like, why can't I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in her mouth either. Yeah. I didn't see the video. Apparently it's just more of like trying to cast herself as the victim. And then she did do an, she pulled her book and she did apology where again, she's like, sorry, I was just really excited. You know, my dad had a stroke and I was excited. Something good finally happened and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, it's not really an apology. And I mean, yeah. I guess take your name out because it shouldn't have, honestly, it shouldn't have made it that far. She's not moderating any of the comments on her statement. So they're getting all sorts of wild and dog whistly. And it's like, she doesn't seem to get it. And people are calling for her to step down from the board of directors. I think she should. I think, honestly, I think this year, the readers maybe should just be like, you know what? Like the Nobel Prize did. Do you remember the Nobel Prize in literature? They were like, <laughs> right. And they were like, too messy. It's no too, prize it's, this year. It's like, it's too messy. This is too much. We, no prize. And, like, they just need to sit and, like, maybe instead the time and effort that would be spent dealing with the award should be sent 
cleaning house. Like, yeah. Like what's going on here? We need to have a come to Jesus moment. Yeah. I mean, if they want to survive, because honestly, and I, I'm going to say it again, an award show is only as relevant as the people who are willing to go out and buy the books, you know, that they support. Because I feel like the, we live in a capitalist society, right? And the whole argument for when Oscar So White was happening, why people were saying, weren't Jordan peeling and just saying, let me my- remove myself from this narrative or Kendrick Lamaring, let me remove myself and do my own thing, was because they said, okay, for younger, for new, for established, or for, um, you know, people who are still like trying to find their footing, having an Oscar, having a Rita can really be a boon and help them sell more. Which if, again, if we're all capitalists and that should be the ultimate goal to sell as much as you can, then yes, that, that's, that's a moral argument why we shouldn't abandon this. But if you're telling me that these books are trash, <laughs> like nobody wants to read them and they're not reflective of the books that are really selling, then it's like what purpose do these, what purpose do these, these awards have? And again, I'm coming to this so fresh, like I've never heard of them. I'm I but I've read romance and it hasn't been anything that's been, you know, nominated or recognized by this board before. So if they don't have the kind of quality marker, if they're not telling me what's an actually good book, if they don't have the selling power, if they're not out there moving books, what purpose do they have? I keep saying this and I, I feel bad because I think I think I saw you post this that they were originally started by a black woman. Yeah, the organization was, I didn't even know that. The organization was originally started by, I think, an editor at Harlequin who was a black woman. Let's get her name because we should have, we should have her name. <laughs> and it's just like to think that she would found an organization where Beverly Jenkins is like, no, I'm not submitting my award because I know right. it will not be considered. And then the response to that from people who believe in this award are like, then it's Beverly Jenkins' fault that this isn't oh, diverse. God. Yeah, for that to be the response for people to think that that's okay, it's like there are levels of shit to this. <laughs> Mess. It's so messy. It's I'm so a, messy. I also think that that Catherine lady, she stepped down. She doesn't seem that apologetic. She seems like she doesn't no. get it. She posted a tweet oh, um, in 2017 that was, oh, you think the genie was wild. Let me read you. <laughs> Let me read you this one. I actually responded with like a holy shit. Because it was... <laughs> So bad. Okay, so this is a post from her made on August on her Facebook, Catherine Bybee's Facebook, on August 16th, 2017, on Soapbox. P.S. Sending me a private message to tell me how wrong I am or how white privileged I am, white privileges in scare quotes, I am to take the stand of not posting political stuff on my Facebook pages will give you a great big bless your heart. Block. Seriously, if one more person tells me I'm privileged, I might just have to break my diet and drink a bottle of really fucking expensive wine. But alas, I will sip my water and not let them have power. P.S. <laughs> being <laughs> that's, that's sipping water is the saddest thing I've ever heard. No, but, uh, no the not letting oh, them have power. It's like, oh, do you oh, not see the irony in this? Oh, listen to this. No, she doesn't because P.S.S. Being a single, white, successful woman doesn't make me privileged. It means I worked my fucking ass off to get here. Off soapbox. And it's like so tone deaf. And I don't think she gets it. And I think the fact that she's not moderating any of the comments on her quote unquote apology show, she doesn't get it. And I don't really know. I know if I were a black member of the RWA and this was the woman on the board who was like helping to lead this messiness, I'd be like, no, 
No. And they're like, take my name off everything. Where's your IT person? Get him in here (laughs) so you can get get my name off this website. Thank you. So they, uh, so yeah, so I'm like, I don't know. And I don't, I don't, I'm sure there are reasons. Courtney Milan was trying to explain them. I think it has something to do with bylaws. There's apparently a reason why they, it's, she said there's, they quitting the, not doing the awards at all. They have a very good reason for that. Apparently, apparently they're worried about losing momentum, but I don't understand why you can't just still meet, but just cancel the awards right out. Unless it's like required in the bylaws that like, we have to do it. Losing momentum besides versus everyone like for for days now for days now dunking on your shit i'm not a pr person but i'm just saying like this might be a little worse than losing momentum well i think they think like if we apparently if they cancel like the group like they'll have to have the election something with the bylaws they'll have the elections and the people who are really i don't know i don't really don't get it honestly i can't even defend i don't get it i don't know why they can't just pull a nobel and cancel yeah and just say, like, this year we're going to focus on fixing house because yeah. y'all ain't getting it. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, because the Nobel just gave two awards this year. And they're like, yeah, we, we got our shit together. Too many men were touching too many women without permission. We right. got to sit down and deal with it. And look at what was happening. And so I don't, I don't know. So I do agree, though. Like, I was thinking about it. I don't have a lot of. I don't put a lot of stock in this award because every year I look at the nominees, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. You're not honoring, you're not honoring any of the books, the really good books I read. So I don't really put a lot of stock into it. Honestly, the, the Reader's Choice Awards on, <laughs> on Goodreads, I put more stock into that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I just want to point out just a couple more tweets going back to um, yes. uh, uh, Cherry. <laughs> because I, I got them actually mixed up. Um, but it was Cherry who, when people started like responding to her and coming for her probably, yeah. um, said, uh, and I, I want to read just two more tweets. No, it's fine. They she posted said, them. We're going to air them out. She said, okay, stop. Just stop. I wasn't addressing women of color. I was addressing the lynch mob. I understand the, the deliberate mo- I understand the, the deliberate misunderstandings. I really do. People are hot and angry and hurt, but stick a fork in me. I'm done here. It's ouch. First of all, lynch mob. Lynch and so and then dismissive. later, because people said lynch mob, she actually um, pulled some dictionary definition of lynch mob. And this is like such a wonderful example of how racism has been like a historical like, you know, go talk to, if you're in college or something, go talk to your, like, you know, your CRT teacher and show them this tweet and you will get, like, a two-hour lecture. Because <laughs> when people start saying, like, lynch mob, she quoted some dictionary and she said Probably lynch Google, mob. Which is not a very comprehensive dictionary. It gives you a straight, short, concise definition. Right. She says lynch mob. She puts the phonetic spelling. She says it's a noun. She says brand of people intent on lynching someone. No mention of color. And just the idea that you could like deracialize lynch mob to attack or not attack, but to belittle black women's opinion is is wild to me. And to be a writer, to and know to the be difference a writer, I was gonna say that to be a writer, to know that words mean things, words said in history, words have context, and to say you're a lynch mob. And it's I, I just it's I, I really wanted to pull these out because it's so 
it's so illustrative of how we talk about race, how some people talk about race, how it's acceptable to talk about race. And it's like, well, the dictionary doesn't say lynch mob is about, you know, terrorizing uh, black men and women and killing black women and women. It, it really is about like coming after white women. It's really about like challenging white women on the internet. And that's they're to me, they're exactly the same. And it's like, what's that gif of the guy whose head is exploding? <laughs> I just, I, I cannot understand the level of like, just, I don't know what it is. Like privilege oh, of you blindness. Um, I feel like there's no way she couldn't have known. And like, she just didn't care. She didn't like, care. And just like, just insensitivity and to be a writer and to say that you are the best when you don't understand that words mean things. It's fucking wild to me. And then this board so saying wild. that she's the best writer that they have. Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. Lifetime Award. What the hell? <laughs> So uh, it's it's so wild. And this, so all the stuff, the messiness that we've talked about is only the messiness we can see. Yes. Because the RWA has like two closed forums. And I think the one that everyone's talking about is the PAN forum, which is um, the Published Authors Network. So you have to be an author who has published a book in romance to get access to the forum. And apparently it's wild. Kat Sebastian sort of did a, mm-hmm. a, a paraphrased live tweeting mm-hmm. and it's, all the you could play bingo it seems like Mm -hmm. there's the should we create a separate award there's should we do a quota there's well maybe the books just aren't as good which an Amish writer apparently had the gall to say like I'm sorry ma'am no (laughs) even the Amish don't like your books and she kind of popped off a lot too huh who that Amish romance uh, writer she hasn't on Twitter she must she did it I think in this network that we can't see. Okay. And so, and so Kat Sebastian has sort of done like this live paraphrased um, rundown of what's happening in there. She's like, yeah, for non RWA, I don't know if it's PAN or PAN, whatever for non RWA PAN members, consider this an anonymized transcript of what you missed. I wish I were exaggerating. So it's like white lady. Number one, I feel sad about racism. White lady two, Don't feel sad. We can all work together and help those people POC. Okay. But how white lady one introduces plan that is either racist, Baroque or irrelevant white lady two compares her own marginalization to racism. And I'm like, I'm glad I can't see that cluster fire because I'm sure it kind of amazes me that this, that they thought it was okay for this to be private because it's like, so this is, this is a, a chat for people who have been nominated. No, it's all the, so if you are a member of RWA and you have a book that's published, you can get access to this this network. So would that group be overwhelmingly white? I don't. Or I is it just everyone who? Because I I still don't understand the racial makeup of the RWA. Like I I guess I understand Rita, but not so much the RWA. And I don't have. I don't know if they've even released the numbers. I don't have the numbers. I don't know because it could be. I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's probably majority white, but it may not be majority like majority people showing their ass the way you see okay i think there might be like so the rwa basically you again you pay to be a member this network from what i've gathered you had to have published a book to get access to it so if you are a black author who's a member of the rwa 
you could in theory you could have be a, like have a member on this board. I have no okay. idea what it's, the racial it's, makeup is. Yeah, because I was just like to think that they're having this like closed door discussion about black authors, authors of color, and then like exclude them from it because no. every. Okay. I think okay. So it's of color not that. In there. Yeah, it's not that. I think okay. it's not limited to people who are nominated either. I think it's Got just it. the, the members. It's like a members chat. Okay. And so, I don't know. It's it's wild. And so, I'm glad I can't see that mess because I still want to see it. <laughs> You're like I'm messy and I want to. Well, that. But I don't think I don't think that if again if this isn't exactly but if this is who the the board who the rewards are drawing from then shouldn't it all be public i don't know if this is the board i think it's just like members but if if you have to be a member to vote right like these are the the people who are voting can be in this conversation and if they're talking about these important things like policy how they're going to address it then that should be public I and honestly, I don't know because I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know if they're just talking about because I think usually the board it's like a thing for like networking. I guess and I'm like just like drag everything out into the light. I don't blame you because it sounds like I want to know the name. Well, I I wasn't gonna buy a lot of these people to begin with. Let's be real. I'm not buying Catherine Bybee's book and I'm not buying Amish romances. So I don't even need to make a list because I wouldn't buy these books to begin with. But like, it is good to know like who's out here, yeah, acting up and who's not, yeah. So, so that's like, it's just, it's so much and it's it's like so so insane and like they got to deal with it because I think as we've sort of touched on they're even on just like a, first of all, not only is it the right thing to do, but even if you want to just take a pure selfish capitalist take, they are damaging their own reputation and their own quote unquote brand with this award that only acknowledges you know, we talked about mediocre. That talk really is acknowledging the mediocre and right. the racist, right? And excluding and because people. Who, that's yeah. the way it's always been. So why are you mad now? I can't. That was so like when you read that out loud, and I had read it, but when <laughs> hearing you say it out loud, why are you mad now? Why are Can you, you mad when it's minutes? my turn to benefit from oh, this racist lady. structure? Oh my! That's gosh. the real. That's the real crime. Oh my gosh. So I don't, I'm glad they're like airing it out. I feel like if you get away from the RWA, romance is incredibly diverse. There's so many, like I read almost exclusively black or authors of color. I, I think I have two, there's like two authors I read who are white. Mm -hmm. The majority of them are black authors of color and they're doing great. And there's a lot of buzz about their books when they come out. These aren't like niche, niche things. Right. And it's like, I just don't and get... And you read some niche things, like those blue aliens. <laughs> I do. I read some I read some crazy shit. And it's like, and I see the buzz and I see the talk and like they never seem to get their shine from the organization that's supposed to be representing them. Right. So I'll say it. What is it? A fourth time. Who cares about this organization? I mean, I don't What know. can they bring? I don't know. If you know, if you've had, again, and I always want to say this, like I always want to explain like where I'm coming from, new to this, new to this organization read romance and never really heard about them what value are they bringing at this point because they're not really for readers they're for the people in the industry okay what so, value are yeah. they bringing to the people in the industry at this point i if, mean it seems like it's very Gilroy. lopsided what's that <laughs> it seems very lopsided it seems like they're not serving all of their members equitably right so, so yeah. I, I think they're trying the president has been on twitter and so like She's been trying to like we we we've asked Sherry what's her name to withdraw our nomination, and I'm pretty sure that she's probably 
she called the Catherine Bybee lady. And I think she's probably one of the reasons the book got pulled. And they named. I mean, if a this happened under my member. watch, I would step down. So, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it could be valid, but I don't know. Like, then I think, I guess, who would be next? Is it someone who's going to. I would rather have someone at least fixing it than have that person step down. I would say start completely over. Set fire to it all. Yeah. I kind of feel like that about the award season. That's why I'm like, just cancel the award season. Just cancel it and start over fucking fresh. Because it's like, if you had this many structural problems. So, like, going forward, I think they definitely need to, like, completely revamp their award system. Yeah. I don't know why it's just limited to authors. And I don't know why, if you're an author who submitted a work, why you then get to serve on the board who's probably reviewing the works. That doesn't seem right. Um Include someone said like include book bloggers like prominent book bloggers include librarians because apparently they have a whole like librarian membership let them vote on these yeah. things include um you know booksellers like you yeah. can open it up to people who are knowledgeable about the genre but who haven't published yeah. a book and it's like and honestly if you don't want to make those changes then I feel like those people us included should not really legitimize it by paying attention. Well, to be fair, I don't pay attention. I've yeah, already, so I've that's already what I'm saying. Like, it, it's like, if this all happens again next year, my response is going to be, who cares? Because it's like, fucking, uh, what is it, Reese Witherspoon sitting and reading? <laughs> what was she reading? She was reading the proposal. <laughs> she was reading the proposal. Do you think she gives a fuck? Do you think like the 100,000 people who followed her and probably bought that book because they saw her reading it really give a fuck? Do you think me no. over here with the three romance books that I read a year <laughs> really gives a fuck? So at some point, I don't know, maybe this is more my like burn it all down. It's like if you don't want to change, then I really don't see any point in continuing to engage in this conversation. I see the value in the organization, but I do think like they need to they need to clean house. Like that's mm. why. Maybe don't burn the whole organization, but like cancel this award season mm-hmm. and make 2019 to 2020 the year you all focus on getting your shit together. Yeah. Where you say we're going to completely overhaul our award system. We're going to look at our membership and see like, because apparently like you have to have been a member for five years. Like maybe do we lower it to three years? Does that and allow again, younger? And again, you are built on all these structures designed to keep certain voices out. Yeah. Then these rules that you have in place are going to continue to keep people, black people, people of color, queer people, um, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, people with disabilities. It's going to continue to keep them out like all these fucking legacy, all this shit that we saw with these college admissions and legacy. And if you pay some money, it's legit. If your rules are inherently exclusionary, then just saying like, oh, we're going to start over is not going to do anything to fix it. Someone did an article I'll tweet. She works in like diversity and inclusion and inclusion, like I think in higher ed or not for higher ed necessarily, but she works, she does this work for like corporations. She's like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to do the work, you've got to devote time and, but you've got to do the work. You've got to treat it like any other thing, any other project you would undertake. Are you building a new building? You would have a committee. You would give resources to it. You got to treat it the same way. Right. So So just saying, Hey, black people apply. Yeah. Obviously did not work. It's got to be a priority. So, I say the RWA doesn't need to be burned down because I'm sure like I don't and this is why I was reluctant to talk about it at first because like I'm not an author. I don't interact with it because it serves the authors. I do reader. I'm a reader. I don't think I think it does serve a purpose, but it needs shit needs to be cleaned up. They need to. And if you're I would love to hear from authors who, 
you know, can kind of explain the value to me and all this stuff. Because again, we're just coming from the reader side. So yeah. if you can, if you have an idea, if you have some thoughts on this, like feel free to reach out to us like pleasantly or otherwise. I don't know. Really <laughs> <if> I... <laughs> because I, I just, I want to know like what, why I as a reader shouldn't just be like, okay, well fuck this whole system. Because that's how I kind of feel like sitting in it now. But again, yeah. if you're saying it's to benefit the writers, I'm not a romance writer. If someone can give an an argument to me, I'd be willing to hear it. Of course. It's sort of like how I feel about the Oscars. It's Hollywood petting itself on the back. I don't exactly. really care. It's like, I don't, like ask me who, who won the Oscar last year. And we fucking watched it. But you <laughs> know what? We left before the last two awards because I thought it was going to go later. So I don't, I don't. I don't know. I just, I don't really care too much about awards because like I said, I never got one in my mediocre life, but I like reader's choice awards or like popularly nominated awards. Like again, I keep, I made fun of them, but the Goodreads awards, I pay more attention to that than I do these ones where it's a small group of people looking at a small self-selected population and saying this one's the best. So I don't, I don't, I think though, I don't say burn it all down, but maybe burn this year down. Maybe mm-hmm. just scrap this year yeah. and, and get things together because there's a real problem. Yeah. Well, the awards aren't even the gist of it. It's just. They're not legit. Yeah. They're just the symptom. Exactly. Well, I think we've as talked, always. Oh, go ahead. I, was gonna say, I think we've talked this topic through. Watch there be some crazy, some other crazy turn as soon as we get this published. <laughs> right. Because it's really still going on. Like, it's still out there. Like, there's a lot of discussion. There's a lot of craziness happening. And just, it's wild, y'all. Um, but, like, if you have a different opinion, again, feel free to share it. We don't promise anything, like, that we would discuss it. But we do read the feedback that we get. Um mm-hmm. Or if you just have like a thought, if you have a different perspective, if you are a writer and you want to share something with us, feel free to reach out. All our contact is at the bottom of the show. But I just, I, you know, this is just our perspective and I'm just, we don't say it's the definitive one. (laughs) So that hot, that's even so hot. I did want to share if we're switching gears. Uh huh. I got a letter from someone via Goodreads. Goodreads is really shining in this episode. After all the hate we give them. I know. I like Goodreads. I just don't like the Goodreads challenge. It stresses me out. <laughs> um, but we got a, a sort of like, this is like probably the longest message I've ever got, we've ever gotten for something, um, read the Children of Blood and Bloom episode, which we knew was going to cause some feelings. Yeah. So um, so this was from Dolores. And she, uh, she sent it to me and she said, I hope she's okay with me reading it. I told her I was going to read it. Uh, I'm not sure whether you guys realize the YA African diaspora fantasy has been around for a while or just didn't mention, but if not, you should probably check out Nettie Okorafor, Octavia Butler too, of course, but she was never truly mainstream. Well-written, solid world building and draws from African mythologies in an authentic and creative way. Zara the Windseeker is a great getaway. Her books will make up for Tommy's. Did she, sorry, did she start this by saying that these are YA books? No, and I'm going to get to that in my response. So, Also, YA is more than a marketing unit, although it is one. It's a guideline for the writer's content. And like children's middle-grade adult, they are letting consumers and librarians know the general general content. These links help break it down. And then she shares some links with um, basically writers, and I can send them to you, basically like writer's guidelines for what to do 
when writing children's lit versus young adult lit. Um, and she just finishes by saying, I enjoy your guys and your banter, even though I think we disagree on most things. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to make your show. So thank you, Dolores. For, I told her, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. No, that's thank you actually really helpful. Because like, if you go back and listen, we're saying we don't really understand what YA is. And I think that's symptomatic, Dolores, of just being old. Yeah, and so I think all the time. <laughs> and I think we didn't talk about Nettie Okorafor and Octavia Butler because they're generally written as adult fantasy. Yeah, they're not. I I wouldn't I wouldn't consider either of them YA, and I would also consider them science fiction. And yeah. I know there's kind of like a blurring between what yeah. is, and I also wouldn't quite consider them not mainstream. Like I think uh, Octavia Butler is pretty. Yeah, Octavia Butler. She had that whole like. Uh, think at the Huntington Library, like people are, you know, continuing to make things. So I wouldn't quite say that she hasn't. I think she could get more shine, but I wouldn't say oh, yeah. that she's not mainstream. She's um, getting a new series, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is. And I think there's, I think the guys who did, I, and I maybe I'm wrong about this, but I saw the illustrator who did uh, Kindred. I think they're going to adapt another one of hers, but I'm not 100% sure if I read that right. So I think that she... Amazon Butler's doing a show based on Wild Seed. Yeah, so I I would, again, disagree with that, but I think it's really helpful to see, like, I had no idea about the guidelines. Like, I didn't know that that was a thing. So it's it's helpful to know that that's kind of what, a a different way that uh, YA is defined. And I think when I say YA isn't a genre, it's not like it doesn't have genre conventions. It's not like romance or fantasy or sci-fi where you can study it and say, like, this is a trope or something common. It is a marketing distinction. And then within that, there is YA romance. There is YA fantasy. There is YA sci-fi. It's age appropriate genre. Mm. The YA itself is not the genre. It's just saying this is the age group this is targeted towards mm-hmm. and then within that age group you have the different genres that's what i say when i say why it's not a genre it doesn't have ya and romance you can't compare them one of them has conventional like plot and writing st- like conventions ya just says this is the age group if that makes any sense yeah no so if you have more thoughts about this we should really so later on in the year we're gonna have like a little mini debate about yeah. a book that Danielle feels very salty about. And, very um, we have some friends out there who um, really like, so we're going to debate it. But I would really like to have maybe it's like a YA person on too, just to explain to my like old dusty ass, like what? <laughs> Cause I got, I got questions and I guess I always say Google shit, but I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But I would, I would like to continue this discussion because again, we don't, we're not we're not YA focused. Um, I don't think any. I I don't read it outside of, you know, what we do for the podcast. Yeah, um, I told myself I wasn't anymore. Re, we got a salty comment about one of our. I mean, it wasn't the worst I've read. Yeah. Worse, but but like one of the things she said, like you all openly admitted you don't like YA or NA. Yeah. And you just, why are you talking about it? And my thing is like, yeah, I don't like it, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna ignore the whole genre. It's yeah. still a book written by a black woman. That's getting a lot of talk and I want to read it and see what's going on. Yeah. So I don't know, but I guess it is sort of like if you're reading something, you know, you're not going to like, I don't want to get on this podcast and use it to trash books. I don't want to trash. Exactly. Yeah. But Molly hadn't read it. So she didn't know whether or not. Right. Yeah. 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 And I really liked, uh, (laughs) who was the other one? Um, 
Oh, the hate we get. You hate you the give. Hate you give. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so like, I'm not going to ignore like a very vital piece of like the publishing world just because I personally don't like it. Yeah. That's why we're not reading romance every month because otherwise that's what this would be. <laughs> uh, okay. Like if so. Molly let me get away with it, that's what it would be. <laughs> we all romance all the time. We so, Danielle's yeah. romance hour. <laughs> oh, and I want to point out, um, did we talk about this? What was that other podcast that they quoted you? Oh, Heaving Bosoms. I meant to. Yeah. See, and I, I just want to say that was tweet. all Danielle. That was 100% <laughs> Danielle. If you see like a dumb, just a dumb, stupid tweet, just something <laughs> real, real dumb. That's me. If you see something that's like really thoughtful and long and on Goodreads, that's Danielle. So that's how you can tell us apart. This is just a dumb old gif of like Thanos with like <laughs> Keenan Thompson's face. The funny tweets are Molly. The boring tweets are me. No, the insightful tweets are Danielle. The just the dumb dumbo ones are mine. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Heaving Bosoms read the wedding date, and I think they wanted to be sort of fair because they didn't enjoy it, and they wanted to be fair and sort of get an opinion from someone who did enjoy it. And I think they reached out to us, and I had to be like, nah. <laughs> I did not enjoy, and they uh they qu- quoted um I we had we had just tweeted about it back and forth and they discussed that and then I think they linked to my review of the proposal. <laughs> I know I listened to it. I was like, she was like, oh my god, like she was like Danielle's very modest, and she was like, oh, they, you know, someone quoted us, and I was like, really? And I listened to it, and it was like this really like thoughtful thing that she had said. And I was like, look at you, Danielle, you're not that shine. So yes, and I meant to tweet and like because I'm bad at social media apparently and say like, yo, thank you for the shout out. So I'll do that after this. Yeah. And so I'll say it in here. Thanks for the shout out. I love their podcast. They're funny. But yeah, so that might be, I don't know if we're going to do the wedding date or the proposal. I guess we should just might as well say the title. I've already talked about it enough. You can figure out which book I'm salty about. Yeah. But we're going to read one of them with um, some friends during the summer and have like a little <laughs> miniature debate. We're still working on the details, but I think it's going to be fun. To exp- I want someone to explain to me. Let me see it how you see it, because I am befuddled. But yes, so speaking of controversial book opinions, uh-huh. we asked y'all for yours. No one called us, though. Nobody <laughs> called us. And I asked my husband, I asked my mama, I asked my daddy, and nobody called us. We're going to bring that back. Y'all are not. We're going to bring it back. Somebody's going to call into us. Not the end of the phone. You're... So yes, we asked you for your controversial book opinions. And y'all were not shy. You were not. We got a we got a lot. Even before like all the Rita stuff happened, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a fun episode because we got a yeah. lot of responses. This I think is the most this is feedback by we've far ever gotten. The most we've gotten to a chat question. So let me ask you, Danielle, what are your unpopular book opinions? Um, I think sort of getting into it. I think we touched on this. The my YA opinions are popular book opinions. <laughs> I don't like YA. I think a lot of the books sort of get a bit too much hype and shine just because they have a very enthusiastic, and I'm not mad at them. They have a very enthusiastic book community. But then like I read the books and I'm like, well, it was okay. Um, I'm trying to think of my unpopular book, what other unpopular book opinions I have. Um, I do, I am kind of sick of this thing where book reviewers will pick a book and say like, it's on booktube i do a lot of booktube and there seems to be this thing where people will find books that are diverse and that's all they'll tell you about the book and why they're reading it mm. like i'm reading um this book about all i'm reading like xyz title by abc and all i know about it is that it has a 
black main character who falls in love with the Latino main character. And that's all I need to know. Mm. It's like, well, that's not actually telling me anything about the book. You picking up books that have diverse characters. Right, it's like, that's just them. my life. Yeah. <laughs> like you gotta, what's the plot? Is it what's even interesting? What's what is happening? it well written? Like share some details. So I'm kind of over that where it seems like people are just doing it mm. for the diversity points, but at the same time, you know, get your shine. I mean, it's we've gone as the readers have proven there are so many other places where people won't even look at them so that's probably fine they're all just like i'm anti-ya and i don't like these diversity points system we're doing now so yeah so what are your book opinions um so i guess i have i guess i would echo some of the ya stuff and it's not because i don't i just i just don't engage with it like we talked last time about like how we approach things that we don't like. And I just, I just don't go there. Like if I don't, if it's not something that interests me or if I read it and I don't like it, I'll just, I give up on books very easily. So for me, YA is kind of like the things that I've seen from it haven't really interested in me. Some of the ones that I've read, I've liked, but it's not like something I engage with often. So I just don't really go there. So I don't really have an opinion on a lot of it. Which I felt about a lot of romance at the same time, Danielle. Sorry to say to you, but like I think that's why when you start talking about some of these books, like the proposal and stuff, my job is going to be like the moderate. Like, yeah, okay, it's fine. It's just because it it doesn't it doesn't resonate as much with me, so I don't feel as deeply about it. If that makes sense. And like that's um, fine because mm-hmm. everyone can't like everything. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like I said, if you like dug into some of the things I like, like that guy who I, sh- I listened back and I want to say, like, I was talking about that guy Sanderson and his like world building last year or last week episode, <laughs> last episode. And I shouted out, he was Mormon. And I was going to say, because bring that up because he, I really liked how he used like his faith as kind of a basis for writing world building. But it just like my cat actually walked across my keyboard <laughs> So that happened, it froze my whole computer, so I just shot out, I think he's Mormon. And then I, I, when I listened, it was, like, cut off, so I just wanted to explain that, why well, I just shouted that out. But um, if you looked at some of these books that I read, like, they're just, like, the biggest nerd shit you ever heard of. It's, like, it, it, they have a love triangle that ends with, like, two characters high-fiving and saying, we shouldn't do this because it's not right. We shouldn't, we, I shouldn't cheat on my fiance, even though we're better suited because it's, it's just not the thing to do. <laughs> so like, I'm not saying I'm above like cheesiness or whatever kind of like negative attributes you want to throw to a genre. It's just, we haven't really talked about those as much, but once it gets a little cooler, we're going <laughs> to like transition into Molly season. Can't wait. And we might like get into a little bit more of that. So that would be one. I would say um, if I want to get really specific, um, you know what? I have another one. I didn't think dinner and um, Name of the Wind was that bad. I actually like their romance. And that's not going to mean anything to a whole lot of people. But um, I, I, I was get, just sitting here nodding like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get that she's not a very well-developed character and female characters in that series could be written much better. But um, I didn't mind her. <laughs> I know that she saved them, but I didn't mind her. Um, and then I'll say that kind of more general, like literary writing. Um, there was this argument that I was seeing come up a little bit again on the Twitters the other day. <laughs> and they were talking about how like grammar 
and like syntax and all that stuff and spelling was like a uh, system of oppression and how like it's like colonialist and all this stuff. And I was kind of like, on one hand, I kind of get saying like, okay, my way is the only way is, you know, problematic. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of like, I feel like that argument's like the foundation of that argument is that if you're not speaking proper Queen's English, that um, you don't have like your your way of communication lacks like specific rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to say like, oh, grammar is colonialist kind of like presupposes that anyone who's not speaking in the standardized way, like has no rules and it's just a free for all. And it's kind of like, that's not, that's not my understanding of it at all. Like if we want to talk about like, you know, what is it? A-V-E or Ebonics or um, what is it like? Pigeon English or like dialects, all this stuff. They have like really specific rules that are followed and like enforced. And if you don't follow these conventions, like I can't tell you when I moved out to California, Danielle, and I stopped saying y'all very often. Like, my brother called me out on it. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck do you mean, you all? <laughs> and even when I was a kid, I remember, like, we were waiting for, I think it was eighth grade graduate graduation. And there was, like, um, this mom, she was, like, watching a bunch of us as we were, like, waiting to, like, go up on stage. And she saw this girl, she was mixed or something, and she was, like, uh, oh, talking to her. And then she was, like, uh, you know, trying to, like, gauge how much she knew about blackness. And so she was like, well, how do you spell ghetto? And the girl spelled it and she didn't put an E in it. And the, the older lady was like, that's right. We don't put an E in it. So you pass. <laughs> so it's like this idea that like the way that I speak has no rules to it, that has no like structure and, you know, sophistication is like only for the realm of white people, like really rub me the wrong way. Well, it's like why those Russian bots that are pretending to be black can't <laughs> do it because like they think it's just bad English. Right. And it's, it's not. Like, it's it's complex. Syntax and there's actual conjugation. You don't get it. So you're att- that's why everyone sees that this is a bot. I remember mm-hmm. that. It's like you, you oh, can't really? speak. It was funny. It was one of the funnier things about the scary Russian bots. Not scary, but like disturbing Russian bots that came out. Like they were pretending to be black, but they couldn't pass because they were confusing, you know, AV with just not knowing how to speak English. Yeah, they were like, what it doing, you alls? <laughs> I am going to make a beehive out of my hair. Exactly. <laughs> All these Russian bot impersonations. Um, I can't so think of a Russian mine. accent. Yeah. So, but you all came. So, yeah, you I came agree. in hot. Yeah, y'all came in hot. I didn't want to switch too suddenly from like Molly's side, but it was good because like I get it. And like AVG is only recently and not even by everyone being seen as like an actual it's dialect. Language. Yeah. If so. you didn't speak it in Missouri, I don't know if they had this if with your whole like bread controversy. <laughs> I, I'm so mad. Like, I'm sorry. I've seen what some of y'all eat. Stop acting like <laughs> stop acting like every area doesn't have its dumb food thing. Like you've never in your life seen some region mess up some food. I've seen New York barbecue. Get out. That's you know what? That's fair. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say I never heard of gooey butter cake. Gooey butter cake is the best. <laughs> Until I went to Mizzou. <laughs> it's like, 
was Schnooks makes gooey butter cookies, which is like a gooey butter cake you can travel with. And I, I that's my diet breaker. That's I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll admit gooey butter cake is good. But those those toasty ravioli or toasted ravioli, I cannot get oh. with. I love Emo's pizza, that very oh, super flat no. with the cheese. I was born and raised here. I can't help it. I like we, all. We got an Emo's in Kansas City when I was a kid. And I remember going a few times. And my dad, who's from Brooklyn, like straight. My dad is like a very sweet person, a little <laughs> kooky. But he straight up dunked on us from eating that pizza. <laughs> he was like, no, we are not going here anymore. People in the city will hate on it here. There's a chain. I think it's pie. There's someone good pie. Mm-hmm. And like their work uniform is a t-shirt with the word, with the word pro bell and like the big red circle <laughs> with a slash through it. That's like their work uniform in the city of St. Louis. I cannot tell you like Beverly Jenkins when, when my brother and we were all talking on Twitter, she's like, I didn't realize Missouri was so full of hate. Did she say Missouri or the Midwest? The Midwest, the Midwest. But you know, again, I can only speak to my Missouri, and I guess a little bit of Kansas, a little bit of Arkansas. Well, Iowa, Iowa hates too, and uh, I know someone mentioned Iowa at work, and I was like, Iowa, and I was getting like really angry, and they were like, Why are you so mad? And I was like, I don't know. Because like, it's just, I don't know. It's like the whole, I hate the whole bagel slice thing because it's so just like coastal elitism. Like y'all do some dumb shit with food too. Like stop acting like St. Louis is the only one. Do you, can I ask you a personal question? Yes. Do you eat your bagels like that? I get bread sliced bagels because they're great. I get the Asiago cheese bread slice because then you can put more butter on it. It like increases your ratio of uh. First of all, these are Panera bagels. Let's stop pretending. Like, these are so I, you much. know what? I'm just happy you said Panera. Instead of St. Louis Breco. These are Breco bagels. I'm going to switch it now. These are Breco bagels. This not like, stop acting like they're like some high, pure, like artisan bagel. They are mass produced, overly chewy, gooey bread things. So That's yeah, I, I get them bread sliced and I put butter on them. They're also easier to eat that way for me. And I, you know, I, it just had never occurred to me to eat a bagel like that. <laughs> I'm not against it. I'm not against it because you know what? I like... Sometimes I like a little bit of butter. Sometimes I like a little bit of jelly. Sometimes I like a little peanut butter. So it could be like a little like charcuterie, a little like <laughs> any pasta. Like you got your bagel um, board What's in your a difference? bagel form. It's like let me try these little a little like Guy Fieri's like twenty one flavored dips. I could try like all the different kind of <laughs> bagel toppings on my little what do you call it bread slice bagel. Yeah, it's also easier to share. So like my mom used to get them like I was like in elementary school. So this is uh-huh. old. I don't know why it's just now come to light. People were doing this shit in the nineties. My mom would get the bread sliced bagels because it was easier to make to for me and my sister to share them as opposed to just like slitting a bagel right in half <laughs> so <laughs> i don't quite understand how that works because we, there were two of you right well, no okay she if she was, was eating it too there were three yeah yeah okay, and, that's she was, fine. and my sister was smaller so she wasn't eating as much so it's like yeah it's just easier to share a bag yeah i don't know i will defend the bread sliced bagels and when the machine does it they're like super sharp edges you're not getting these raggedy edges <laughs> like you see in these photos they have machines that do this yeah, they, they use them to cut. When they bake the big loaves of bread, they put them in. So they get like the sharp bread slice. I wasn't mad. I was just surprised. 
<laughs> well, and then everybody's making fun of it by doing like somebody like stuck a hot dog the wrong way through. I'm like, that has that's not equitable. That's like the, they're like trying to dunk on St. Louis eating. Like I ate my cake St. Louis style, and it was just smashed. And then Chips Ahoy did something where they just poured half a thing of milk into a tray. I'm like, y'all, none of that makes sense. It's just cut weird. We're not like eating the bagel by like smashing it and then mixing the cream cheese in with it. Like none of your dunks are making any sense. I'll just say that anytime, and you're going to think that this is such an exaggeration, but this is 1000%, I swear to you the truth. Anytime I've worn a Royals hat out here, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, Daniel, anywhere, doesn't matter. I can be in Long Beach, I can be in LA, I can be in Orange County, I could be, I could be literally anywhere, anywhere. Anytime I've ever worn, like anytime I've ever worn my Royals hat out here, doesn't matter where I'm at. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. <laughs> Last time it happened, um, I was sitting outside of a Target, and I think I was waiting for like my husband. And this guy like randomly came up to me. He's like, "You're from Kansas City, huh?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and he's like, "I'm from St. Louis." And he wanted to like talk to me about it, like complain. And I was like, "God damn!" Like, I don't know you, sir. And he was like, you know, back in 82, the Royals did something, <laughs> right? I'm did sorry. this and that. And it kept back us from getting in the little. <laughs> Why are you going so far back? And I was like, sir, I was not alive. <laughs> Every time I was at a bar, I had like maybe a Royals t shirt on. And like some people came up to me, they're like, you're from Kansas City. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's always, you, you're going to think I'm lying, but it's like always the same lying. thing. And you I know what? I think that this is why this has popped off because people from. St. Louis, I love you guys, but you are loud and proud about your city <laughs> in a way that is very um, aggressive toward the rest of the state. So if there's a but, little thing that we can kind of get you on. <laughs> okay, I will respect that and I will take it from other people in the state, but I don't get why, like, what? Like, it's just weird. Like, the, like what is California New York's beef? Y'all just consider us flyover anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot of like outside of um, what's that deli that I like? I can't remember. There's not like a whole bunch of like, you know, it, it's like New York. I get like when we would go, they had they have good ass bagels, right? They have good bagels. I don't even like bagels. <laughs> <That's the real laughs> Which that blew my mind more than how you cut it. Bagels are delicious. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go spend money and eat a carby, or if I'm gonna spend the calories on eating something that carby, and something, you're gonna I eat some gooey buddy cut, eat, cake. Some some yeah, honestly, to be honest. <laughs> so I don't know. It was wild. This it's, is this is unpopular book opinions, not unpopular life opinions. opinions. <laughs> life opinions. So okay, so yeah, I don't know. That's all I wanted to say about that. So uh huh, we had to talk about it. Yes, we did have to. How it's part of our brand. Louis come up in the news. Yeah. So, okay. So, yes, y'all came with the opinions. You guys came with it. So, we're going to go through these. Um, we'll comment when we can, but I know There's this so episode many. is long. Do you want to start or you want me to start? I, uh, you start. I've talked a lot today. <laughs> okay. Um. So, I, I realize, like, this has the handles but not the names on it. Her name so is. that's fine. She's Arlene. She changed her handle to all emojis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's why that is. Yeah. Okay, I see it. It's all emojis. See, I keep saying like I'm not good at Twitter, and this is why I'm like I don't understand your tweet. Um, so let me see this. This is um, lady with uh, some kind of rock star lady, lady at a computer, maybe a superhero man, and a stack of books. Yes, at Lock Press Books. 
said her unpopular literary opinions. She had two. Um, so I'll do both of these at the same time. Mm-hmm. She said the inspiring writer trope is dead to me. Not every write- reader wants to be a writer and that's okay. Which co-sign. I get. Yeah. yeah, I co-sign. Like I do, I, I do have aspirations of being a writer one day. But I don't want to read about it all the time. Damn. Yeah. Well, I thought I wanted to be a writer and then I realized it's a very solitary job to have and I'm just I talk too much so (laughs) if I could sell books or work with writers that would still be cool too oh okay interesting yeah leave me alone to write (laughs) (laughs) um and then her second opinion was I'm probably gonna get shit for this but I think they put out all these Black Lives Matter books BLM she says Black Lives Matters type books just to jump on a trend and I refuse to buy into them yeah, I can see that too. I can I, see it. I mean, I haven't seen any that were too that looked too exploitative. Like most of them seem like they are done with some sort of uh, sincerity. But I think it's also like I'm sure I haven't seen all of them because again, I'm not the biggest. Uh, I feel like this is a YA specific thing. That's what I'm. Could that's be. the frame of reference I'm thinking because I know there was the Hate You Give. There mm-hmm. was um, Dear Martin. There was uh, Jason Reynolds had one. I can't remember. Was it All American Boys? So I think I believe in the intentions of those authors and I think they did it with sincerity, but I haven't seen everything. So who knows what kind of madness is going on? That's true. Like, I don't want to say like, ah, you're wrong. And then it could be like, it could come out that, you know, uh, some of our friends from the top of the episode are like, (laughs) we wrote a Black Lives Matters one where the heroine just gives a Pepsi to the cops and it cures racism. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So I'm a believer if she says it. Um. Okay, so the next one came from our friends at Mocha Girls Read, and they said, I'm so over these hype books. Honestly, everyone jumping on the bad wagon and cheering on a mediocre book is killing me. Careful. Mediocre, apparently, <laughs> is not the one. Careful, girl. <laughs> they going to come for you. But yeah, I get that. And, um, and I think it's just, I think what happens when there's a book that's really popular and people who don't traditionally read, that's the book they'll pick. And maybe, like, that's why it gets more hype. That's why I think... Like, I don't mean to keep shitting on this book, but I'm going to keep shitting on but this book. But it's like, this is, it, it might be in reference to that, but this is what we're going to, I feel like, talk a lot about later in the summer. Yeah. So I won't say it then. But yeah, that's what I feel like happened in that case. Um, and then she had another one. YA books with no parents and the girl has not one, but two love interests. What are they trying to say here? Really? Yes. Yeah. And they started a whole, like, um, Black Mamas of YA. Yes. Why didn't that? That should have gotten hilarious. bigger. What? Say that again. That should have gotten bigger on Twitter because I it remember reading the hate you give, and when uh, Star goes out after like the shooting, and she's like, <laughs> she leaves home, and her mom was like, "Where were you? What the hell? I was looking all over you." I'm like, "Yeah, call uh-huh. her out." And she had the nerve to be salty at her mama for grounding and she's her. She's like, like, "Oh, no. did you think that this was one of those other YA books? <laughs> you have- no, no, boo boo. <laughs> Wash up guidance. dishes while you're at it." <laughs> I remember that moment just sticking with me because I'm like, yeah, you deserve to be grounded and called out. That was dumb. I'm yeah. glad there's some parents here calling you out. Oh, okay. Okay. So Latoya Genova Jovina. Um, I'm not sure, guys. I suck it with looks names. Like, I think it's Jovina. Jovina? Yeah. She says the only reason Infinite Jest is critically acclaimed is because it's 1,100 pages and most people haven't read it. <laughs> Which I agree with. That book is just okay. <laughs> I haven't read it mainly because I've seen so many people just like roasting it on Twitter <laughs> that I'm like, yeah, 
it's probably probably not for me. It's fine. And I guess like, you know, it's like out of vote. I guess that. Uh, so we got this uh, assistant at my job and she was telling me about like David Foster Wallace and how awful he was. I was like, damn, because before we really started this podcast, I did not look into like writer's lives. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I like consider the lobster. Yeah, I read it, fitted just, it was, it was fine. <laughs> so she was like, did you know he was terrible? I was like, Ooh girl, I did not know. <laughs> but, um, so I guess it's kind of like, you know, over and yeah. I don't have to feel bad about it anymore. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> It was fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't need to waste my energy thinking about you. Oh, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So the next one is from K the Reader at K is too cute. I love it. Pump mm-hmm. yourself up in your Twitter handle. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, tired of reading about millionaires in so many of these books. Where are these people getting all this money? Where's the average dude that works at the post office? <laughs> I either- love this one. They're either super rich or they're like impoverished. Yeah. Like the middle class is gone from books. It's gone. And I really feel this like the same way about like TV too. Like I've gotten very recently very into This Is Us. And I'm like, these bitches rich. <laughs> I can't relate to this. They so rich. She's like, oh, I'm going to quit my job. She's like, I'm going to quit my job too. I'll be like, what? Where are you getting the money? Why do you have stairs in your house and neither one of you got jobs? <laughs> You got stairs in your house. That's it. I used to think that was the epitome of wealth, a two-story house. Like, you got it made. We lived in a ranch style. I didn't realize that house was also probably, my grandma's you know, house was probably expensive, too. It's like, oh, you own a house? It's like, you know, this, this, we're done. Like, Frank was saying something about the other day, my husband, he was like, uh, oh, something about the country. I was like, it's it, we're done. It's over. Quit. <laughs> Um, Okay, so Tanya, working on stuffed pickles, says, the most talented and educated have, oh, sorry, the whole talented and educated have money in the bank woman falling for the thug, the street dude, the gangsta, or the contractor. (laughs) Which one? Tanya, why throw contractors in there? Contractors make good money and they're just out here trying as hard as they can. I didn't want to say anything. I was like, I will go with a contract. You know how many home, home improvement projects I could get a leg up on if I could find an available contract? Yes, Danielle, homeowner. I love it. You know, find you a contractor, girl. <laughs> <laughs> she says this trope is played out. Also, the whole rich, powerful dude falling in love with the naive woman um, who is different is tiring, which I agree with, yes. you know. I mean, I'm with the first half of the quote, too, except for the contractors. Like, get me a contractor. <laughs> you know, these middle skills jobs, girl. Like, I, I'm trying to get a dishwasher installed in my kitchen. You know how hard it is to find somebody? You know, you know when my husband, so he, like, he saw that the light was, like, broken in the kitchen, and he pulled out, like, a fucking ladder and a drill. And I was like, I was, like, fanning myself. I was like, oh, what are you doing up there, sweetheart? I was like, oh, boom. Why do you have a drill? <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this, but like if I couldn't get a doctor, next next occupation is contractor. I would take a contractor over a doctor because you know what? Contractors are not being sued for malpractice. That's true. And I guess they don't have like on-call weekends or they can't, or they're working like four, 30 hour shifts at a hospital Hell overnight. yeah. Come through contractors. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but the rest of that opinion I thought was like thought was, very hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I'm just here for contractors. Call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Debbie Williams said, I totally judge people based on their bookshelves or lack thereof, and I don't feel even a little bit bad about it. Well, girl, get it. (laughs) She don't even feel bad about it. I like the confidence in this one. Uh, I did have like a coworker who said she went on a date with one guy. She went to this house and she didn't have a single book. And she said, we can't date anymore. (laughs) And I get, cause I'm like, I, even if, I don't know, I would like to talk to some, if I was like, I would like somebody I can talk to and I've hung around me long enough. You're going to get, I talk a lot about books. You got to be able to add something. Yeah. I mean, um, (laughs) to be fair, so my husband is a big, big movie guy. And he has, like, a lot of movies, all this stuff. And we didn't grow up with movies. We grew up going to Blockbuster and Hollywood Video frequently and, like, trying to negotiate out of those late fees. <laughs> so I think we – I think I've talked about this. We owned two videos, um, uh, like, two VHSs, uh, Baby's Kids, which was bootleg. And then my dad <laughs> traded it away for yes. Georgia the Jungle. Molly's so, still hurt. I'm still I'm still salty. So we had those two VHS tapes and then literally everything else we rented. So I just have not been someone who owns videos. And so my husband, when he came in, I went, I'm, I'm going to ask him after we record this, if he like walked into my apartment and saw like, I own no videos. I, and I know because I was like, one time we watched something and like he came over when we were really early dating and I put like Netflix on my uh, computer, on my laptop. And he brought it up maybe like last week. This was like a six year difference. He was like, I remember that time we came over and you showed me a video on your laptop. I was like, damn, I didn't know that you were salty about that. So, you know, I'm trying not to live that judge lifestyle because I'm like, yeah, if I walked in, I didn't see any books. But he might have walked in and seen that, that Netflix playing on the laptop. And I'm like, who is this girl? And now that you say that, it's really hard to do that now because everything is in the cloud. Your movie mm-hmm. collections in the cloud. Your books are all on your Kindle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I do. I still love her confidence. She's like, I don't even care. I <laughs> don't feel even a little bit bad about it. <laughs> Tell him, Debbie Williams. Tell him. Okay. So, pretty brown eyed reader says, "I cringe every time someone says to me that The Help was the best book they've ever read." And I think to myself, well, they haven't read much. I want to be honest, because I talk mostly to like other readers of color, I haven't ran into many people who say it's the best book they've ever read. I was going to say that too. So I'm sorry. We got a brown eyed reader. We got to get you some, uh, some more brown reader friends. Yes. You and you know what? She might have, I don't want to presume that. what this girl's life is like, but it's like, you know, come over, come over and talk to us, be friends yeah. with us. Cause we will not put you through that. We will not put you through that. And I don't even, like, we talk about, oh, should we ever do a hate read? And, like, I can't ever imagine myself reading this book. I just can't. Yeah, I I don't want to. It's like, why? When you consume something, like, you you sort of, like, I don't want to check it out from the library because then they're like, oh, look at the help still getting checked out. Like, that's, it's really hard. Yeah, my dad one time, like, was telling a librarian about how he didn't want to put certain books on his, like, card because the government (laughs) was tracking him and all this stuff. So, I mean, I, it, it turned out to be a little bit, was that good? <laughs> was it right? Was it true? Uh, yeah, I guess it was like some guy they caught like in the 60s because he was checking out books like, uh, you know, all these like certain books. So that was like in the back of his like conspiratorial mind. It was like, well, father, you're not checking out books on how to build bombs and shit. <laughs> you're just checking out like he read, um, he wouldn't, he actually read all of, um, uh, uh, Binti. 
Oh, okay. So it's like you're just going to check out Binti. Like, I don't think Trump cares if you read Binti, but he just doesn't I, like people tracking him. I just don't like to increase demand. So, like, I feel like uh, if there's a book I don't want to read and I go and request it from the library, they're like, uh, they don't know why I want to read it. They don't know I'm reading it because I hate it. They just know, oh, point. look it, someone checked this book out. Guess that means there's a demand for it. We should buy more books like this. That's how I see mm, it. That's a, that's a more fair point that we probably should have <laughs> led with. <laughs> No, but I'm like, your dad's probably right. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, there's probably a way the library, my library card records could get subpoenaed if I go crazy. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, um, Maya Monet at Maya Monet One says, black female protagonists who are light-skinned or mixed constantly describing their skin color every other chapter. It's weird, y'all. And it is. That's kind of weird. And I feel like anytime, just in general, like usually when white authors write characters of color, they have people comment. It's sort of like that breasted boobily thing, like people writing outside their experience. Yeah. It's like, this is this is always a trope that's bothered me. It's like, if it's a white author, most of the people are white. They're like, oh, Jana came down the stairs and she was in a sundress and, um, you know, she had on these sandals and she had a PhD and she had a little bag and she was smiling. And then uh, Beatrice came down and she's black. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, but so I'm presuming the other person is white then like it's it just seems like, oh, we got to call out their blackness. We got to call out their skin color. We got to call out this and that. And it's like, I don't get it. Like I put on lotion and like my skin is shining and I step out in the sun. I feel like amazing, but I don't feel the need to constantly tell people about that. You know what I mean? It's not always at the front of my mind. Exactly. Can I say that like that is so entrenched? I read Gingerbread, and when we talk about what we're going to read, I'll get in more into it, mm-hmm. but I read Gingerbread by Helen Oyeyeme, and I kept forgetting all the characters were black. Mm-hmm. Like, because she doesn't harp on it, she brings it up, and it's so different, like, it's such a different book, like, it's mm-hmm. very fantastical, and it uh, deals with, like, this, I'll get it, but I kept forgetting characters were black, and she would say something, like, she wore her hair in the two puffs, and I was like, that's right, and it's, like, so ingrained that even I'm like, damn it, Danielle, get it together. Did I ever tell you I watched that um, Sister Wife show and they try to put the guy's hair in, like, Bantu knots? I, no. <laughs> Is it the one seeking Sister Wives with that really crunchy-looking uh, black family? No, no, it's a white family. Oh, it's the main one? Because you know mm-hmm. they've got a Sister Wives show with a black couple now. I need to watch this immediately <laughs> what is this called seeking sister wife it has a black couple and i'm gonna write this down wife. seeking <laughs> what is it what is this let me see this Keep are you going googling, on. Just, google it right now i'm but googling no, it right now so no i did not hear your story about how they i assume you mean the one with the hippie looking white guy and they yeah put his hair and they puffs. try to put his hair in um banty knots no don't do that which I just, you know, you, you never know. I only bring that up to say, you never know, Danielle. Somebody could. <laughs> well, I'm going to take it when <laughs> Helen Oyeyeme is writing it. <laughs> uh, is yes. it my turn? Are you looking up sister, Seeking Sister Wives still? Did you find the information? I did. Yeah, I pulled it up. Um, TLC. Okay, yeah. I'm going to. Ooh. <laughs> they, ooh. they look so crunchy. They do look really crunchy. I like this yellow top that she has on. But like they do. Ooh, oh my god. I'm I was thinking like what am I going to do the rest of the day cuz we had some plans that fell through. You're like I found it. I found it, girl. And, and they gonna... have the same hairstyle, which is also a little disconcerting. Do they all I couldn't get a 
Yeah, they do. The they got those matching dreads, like yes. Sierra and what's a- his name. About the same length too. They have the exact same hair. Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hair up in a beehive, pull out my vacuum cleaner, and um and watch this show later today. <laughs> I am glad to be of service. Oh, uh, okay. I think it is your turn. <laughs> um, Zawi, I think Z H A W I says mine is people still read dead white man lit. Yeah, they do. Mm, yeah, they do. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I can't say that there's no dead white man lit that I like, but it's like if I'm reading it to the exclusion of everything else, the problem yeah. is me. Yeah. It's not that dead white male lit is inherently bad. It's just overexposed at this point, and I'm, yeah. I'm a little over it. Uh, so Charish Reed, author, she's the one who revealed that uh, the RWA founder was a black woman. Um, oh, okay. I yeah. thought I That's recognized that handle. Her handle's at Author Charisse. And she said, This is probably not unpro- unpopular in the black reader community, but I think it needs to be said anyway. Fuck to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like if that's the book we're citing high schoolers or middle schoolers to read to learn about race, we need to update it. There's a lot. Yeah. There are other better books we could be telling them to yeah. read. Yeah. It's like, again, well, you know, it's been racist forever. So why are you just bringing it up now? And it's like, no, fool. People bring it, <laughs> bringing up this, Every time this you book forever. What's that? Every time you casually call someone a fool, I could just like, you're chilling your dad. And it makes me <laughs> You are a fool. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, it's just, I'm so tired of people being like, oh, we got to, you know, Mark Twain was a product of his time. It's like one of my first jobs that I had in, um, like it was an internship, I guess. Um, I was working for the University of Missouri Press and they had me like, oh, they I were teaching that. me, yeah, they were teaching me about copyright. So they gave me, like, the Chicago manual. They were like, read this. And I was like, okay. And then they gave me, like, this book. And they were like, okay, you just need to check the punctuation in this book. And it was about Mark Twain. So I read it. And I was like, damn, this dude was racist. Damn, this dude was racist. Yeah, no, and I was like, did. whoa. The facts are on the page. He's like, I wear a white suit because I don't want to be associated with the, you know, what is it? The mongol italian and irish people when he moved to new york because he was oh, like wow. i am i am a different type of white thank you so he was even racist to the <laughs> white people yes. have you seen community uh yes like it's like pierce's dad he's like he's racist against the people you'd expect but then he starts being racist against the other white people because they're not white enough and Troy's like he's like the wikipedia of racism <laughs> That's how I felt reading that book. So when I hear people say like, ooh, Mark Twain, it's like, and like this idea that Mark Twain isn't, his perspective isn't racist and that, you know, it's just of its time. And it's like saying like, well, back then things were different. It's like, no, back then people were still like, ooh, look at that racist. Yeah. Like it's always been, ra- like if you deny someone their humanity, the person who's being denied is going to have a problem with that. And just because you choose not to listen or because you choose to like block them or because you choose to like make a video saying woe is me does not negate the fact that you're erasing this other person's voice and refusing to listen to their legitimate concerns about their own humanity. So racist then girl, racist, racist now. Thank you. Cause that actually is my biggest pet peeve when people are like, well at the time, like, no, there are people usually talking about it. Even white people, you could find these things. There are people who knew the things like when uh, birth of a nation came out mm-hmm. and everyone's like, well, it's a movie of its time. When that book came out, there were like national protests 
or yeah. That, yeah. So people know racist shit is happening when it's happening, and they usually yes. call it out. Like yes, it, it's it, so. I'm sorry. That's a big pet peeve of mine when people try to excuse that like there weren't people at the time. Right. Saying, no, this is bullshit. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Um. So Emily says, "Okay, here goes." Adults need to shut the fuck up about Harry Potter. We get it. You like it. That's fine. But no one cares about which Hogwarts house you belong to. I'm going to have to co-sign. I'm sorry. This is my biggest pet peeve as an adult reader. I hate it. I just had to say, woo, Chile. Like, this. <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know. And I think especially, normally I wouldn't be so bothered, but with J.K. Rowling, still not, like, she needs to be the first one to shut up. And we all need to stop because I'm just so burnt out on all this Harry Potter mess. I didn't like it when it was coming out when I was a kid. I still don't like it. It just will not go away. Um, and you said you, have you read them? No, I started the first one. I started the first one like four or five times as a kid because I'm like, everyone loves these. I got to get on it. And I'd read it and I'm like, Harry's kind of a jackass. I The whole aesthetic doesn't jibe with me. Like, I don't want to read this. So I never read them. Yeah. I, I want to go there um, because, you know, we've, we've, that big, um, it was like, who's your Twitter nemesis thing came out because <laughs> of Roxanne Gay. And so I was going to go into it, but I was like, you can go back and listen to our 20 questions episode where we bring up like our, our literary enemies. Yeah. We talk at length about Joanne. That's her name, right? Joanne? Yeah. Joanne Rowling. She doesn't even have a middle name. Uh, she doesn't. No, she just put the K in. She needed another initial. So she stole her mother's middle or maybe her grandmother's middle initial to make I JK see. Rowling. Yeah. So, you, you know, we won't go too far into that. But I was like, I was all there, like being bougie, like, oh, yes, like we've been on this, like, eight man wagon for a long time. But then I was listening to um, this other podcast. I'm shouting out, I'm on like a quest to listen to like all these bookish podcasts. And I was listening to um, Ink to Film, and they do like a book and a movie. And they were doing um, A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. <laughs> they did this whole part about, like, what house they were in. And I, like, started writing out. I was like, ooh, girl, I'm like, House Tyrell, roses forever. And then I was like, stop. <laughs> you cannot hate. And you can't be loud and, <laughs> like, you can't be at the, same, at the same, time. same time. I don't know. I just... I get it, like, I get the fun in it, but when people take it, like, I've seen it in people's, like, Tinder bios, I was like, really? Oh, in their Tinder bios? Yes, and I'm like, no, it's like, uh, did you see that tweet? It was semi-viral, I think, in, like, reader communities, where, um, it was, like, that author, Eric Older, I think, he was, like, eavesdropping on a date, where one person was like, do you know Harry Potter? And the other person was like, no. He's like, I haven't read it. And he's like, I'm a Hufflepuff. And the other person was like, okay. And he's like, get out of there, sweet Hufflepuff. And everybody was like, why should the person who keeps trying to insist on talking about this topic that the other person says they don't know anything about? I don't know. It was just weird. It was basically I'd be like, about, get out of there, Muggle. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, like if they're talking, if their whole identity is built around Harry Potter and they can't pivot. It's, it's like when people say, yeah, do you like sports? I'm like, no. If you continue to talk to me about sports for 30 minutes, like this is not a match made in heaven. Yeah. I told you about the guy who stopped talking to me after I said I wasn't a Cowboys fan. Right? <laughs> like he dr- ghosted. I'm like, is that a problem? He's like, no. And then he proceeded and then he to never gone. talk to me and it's like, You know what, Danielle? You dodged a bullet right I, there. I'm not sad about it. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I, I don't need that. Because he was like, are you else? He's like. He asked me if I had a favorite team. I was like, no, I'm not into football that much. He's like, the Cowboys could be your favorite team. I was like, yeah, but I'm not into football that much. And he's like, okay. He's like, oh. And I'm like, is that a problem? He's like, no. And then that's it. (laughs) We never talked again. 
that. You so, know what? I'm, I'm fine. You fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, okay, let's go to the next one. Ariana Grande's ponytail. <laughs> And Desiree underscore Amani said, I rebuke the idea that a man obsessively following around a girl like a dad is cute. I'm looking at you, Stephanie Myers. I tell you, and that's not even the most problematic thing Stephanie Myers did. So <laughs> she rebukes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I never read Twilight, but you read it. I did read it. And in, in college you um uh, you someone borrowed lent it to you and then you described the whole plot to me <laughs> over gchat so i feel like i read it like i still remember that i was at work and it was so fucking hot in the building like i was working in the main building i was sitting there and like you were like um chatting it to me and i kept like going like <clears throat> <laughs> and they're like what are you doing while i was like mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i'm sick well because like- i was trying so hard not to laugh I read it without knowing, because, like, it was big, but it hadn't blown up yet. Like, the movies hadn't this come out. This was really early on, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know what I was getting into yet, and I read it, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, that's enough of that. And also, because I was an RA, and I would, so when you're an RA, you see, like, everybody's rooms, because you're helping them move in, and you're expecting, and I'd be like, there would be room after room after room where I would see these books with these covers, because those covers are memorable. They're distinctive. Yeah. And I remember saying, like, I got to figure out what this is about. So... Who knew all these years later, (laughs) like a decade plus later, here we would be still describing bookish things to me and me being confused and laughing like an idiot. Can I tell you, can I go on one last little tangent about us? Yes. Uh, So I don't know. Us or us the movie? Us the movie. Okay. When we um, saw us, we saw it like, um, you know, like in the black theater, right? Yeah. And, um... The guy next to me, it was like one with, where you could recline in the seats. Oh, that's the only theater I go to now. <laughs> right. You know what? But I'm against these theaters now. I'm against <laughs> them. Because this dude next to me, like, he started off, like, yelling at the screen and stuff. And I was like, that's fine. This is funny. Like, this is kind of what I, you know, I'm coming here for. Because uh-huh. I want to hear. I'm yelling at. Well, I don't yell out at the theater. But I talk almost nonstop to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why didn't she just um, move at the coffee table? Why didn't she just walk up the escalator? You know, little things like that. But, uh, you know, this guy was yelling out and I was laughing. He was making some good points. But what he got me was when he took his shoes off and then he like he curled up like a tight little ball. And then he like put his head like in his girl's lap, his partner's lap. And then he like fell asleep. And she was like just kind of like stroking the back of his head. I was like, sir, this is not this is not your bed. You were in (laughs) <laughs> oh, there are worse things. That's kind of sweet. He just like he's like, I'm done with this movie, and he checked out. He was he's he like, was I'm laughing. Take a nap. <laughs> he was rolling all around, and then maybe like 30 minutes in, he's like, I'm sleepy. And then he fell asleep, and I was like, Sir, why are you? Sleep-? I don't know. To me, I did not like the fact that this guy was sleeping too late oh, I don't. and looking so comfortable. <laughs> were you just mad you weren't as comfortable? Were you I probably. I was salty. <laughs> I was like, he looks. This is a good ass nap. He slept for like an hour straight. <laughs> oh my god! I want someone to stroke my head while I sleep. <laughs> you know, suck on my thumb. Shit. Should look comfortable. Up. Curl up. Okay. Desiree Francis says, you want proof racism still exists? Research the literary community. I know black authors making half what white authors do with twice the novels. I believe it. I believe it too. Shit. See, top of episode. (laughs) Uh, 
so our next one, because we we keep taking this out, this thing will be a four-hour podcast like Addicted <laughs> was. Uh, D. Mazur said, again, with the To Kill a Mockingbird shade, said To Kill a Mockingbird should not be taught in schools. It's not the book to teach Amer- to teach kids about race relations in America. And mm-hmm. I agree. We've got I agree. newer, better books. Cassandra Green followed that up with The White Savior and Magical Negro books annoy the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Agree. And I feel like we're becoming, as we become more genre aware, I'm seeing less of that and I'm happy about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lil Saltine. I like y'all's usernames, man. They're funny. Said, love triangles aren't bad unless we know who the main character is going to pick the whole time. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I see that, but also I'm just annoyed with love triangles all. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that's overplayed for me. Hey, like I said, read those um, Sanderson books. I swear, I swear to you, the love triangle ends with her and the guy she should have gotten with. Like, high five. Well, it's wrong. High five. Cool. Like at some point, so he can fly, and they like look up and they see him. Like, <laughs> you didn't even kept that detail to yourself. They see him like standing on a rooftop with like his long hair is like flowing in the wind, and she's like fanning herself. So she's like, oh my god! And the other guy's like, that's what I'm competing with. And then she like gets with the other guy and she's like, hey, uh, Kaladin, we can't be together. He's like, that's cool. I respect your opinion. And then they high five and then they leave, which is like a really interesting way to, like, to wrap that thread up. A love triangle. Um, so Zazzy off beats longtime listener, second time caller says, Woo. if there is a book that has been adapted to a movie, the movie is usually better. Uh, she followed it up with an apology. <laughs> I I mean, I do. Feel, however, I did. That was my retweet was that every YA movie, every book I've seen based off a YA novel has been better than the book. So I can't even really have any. Shady well, what about the hate you get? We didn't read that or watch that. I didn't watch that one, but I did see Love, Simon. I saw the Everything Everything movie. I saw. Um, oh, there was another. Oh, the the To All the Boys I Loved Before on Netflix. Mm-hmm. All of those were better than the books. <laughs> I'll just say I have no comment on this one. I have no, I have no specific because we asked her unpopular literary opinions, and you know she went out there, and I say, <laughs> congrats to you, Mel. Um, here's one related to that. Freddie Brooks' son says The Fault in Our Stars is one of the worst books I've ever read in my life. To everyone who wore me down and got me to read it, a curse upon your house. <laughs> it is. That was the first book I bought it digitally and just deleted from my life <laughs> didn't try to get a refund it was too late didn't try to get my money back i knew it was way, like i don't need this and i don't want it so i just deleted it the only other book i've done that to is this could be us but you play <laughs> literally the when only I other first, book when i first saw when i first saw that we had like negative feedback i thought let's catch it when we coming for it but you know what? You know what? If it, if she ever heard us, she was probably like, um, fuck these guys because I'm still getting paid and you bought my books. So like, exactly. And I'm she like, got that's, my $3. That's how I aspire to. She got like 15 of my dollars. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Um, Baton Rouge Betsy says Fahrenheit 451 was trash. Yeah, I thought it was overrated too. I didn't read it. Again, I was supposed to, just didn't. <laughs> did it interest me? Yeah, no. It, didn't it, read it. it. It wasn't here for me. Uh, legit Boss uh, at Mari Talks Too Much said, memoirs are either sad, boring, or pointless. Ooh. She went there too. 
She went there too. Throat. But you know what? I I I rarely ever read memoirs, so I can't like argue with me. I mean, I've got to really like. I've got to really care about the person I'm reading about, and they already have to have done something I think is amazing. Like, I don't know. I did read. I did read uh, Charlemagne the God's memoir. So like, I oh, read a lot. Did of did read that last year. I forgot about that. And it was actually, I was like, you know what? He's kind of an asshole, but he, like, I learned something from it. So I don't know. I may yeah. like the Mars. <laughs> I may have just hit this realization on my own. You're like, do I like memoirs? I think I do. Like, I think I read a lot of autobiographies and memoirs. <laughs> I'm trying to read um Gabby Simide's because it was on sale oh. and I got it. Mm-hmm. This is just my face. Try not to stare. Yeah. I like the dress she wears on the cover of that book. I think that's part of that it. That is too. a cute dress. <laughs> it's like blue and gold, right? Yeah, it's like a blue and gold, like African inspired print. I'm like, I want that dress. Yeah, it's pretty. You uh, love dresses on book covers. I you do. know, I don't know if Alyssa Cole listens to us, but <laughs> if you see Danielle next week, please just tell her where you're getting these dresses because she asked frequently. And she asked me, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where these these beautiful dresses are. So I own all three of those books on Kindle and on audio, and I plan to buy the print versions when I go see her, go to Chicago. It's a problem. <laughs> but those dresses are gorgeous. <laughs> like I think she said who makes All them. I know I is that Miss Beverly Jenkins would not tell uh, Mocha Girl Reads. <laughs> find that cover model. The cover model. And I was like, heartbreak hotel. Uh, I was like, we tried. We were trying to be good wing women. We tried. You know, I'm just out here. <laughs> Did we talk about, like, in an early episode, like, spinning this out into, like, a matchmaking service? No, but I would love it. Yes. Landis Lane said the classics involve, the classics always involve some person of color being killed. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And usually with no, well, like, Tom Robinson in To Kill a Mockingbird is basically just a prop. Yeah, so. and he's like, like how what's his name I was like, I know he's innocent. Mm, I didn't give him the best defense, and then he was killed. I'm hero. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. Um, Freddie Brooks's son again says the inheritance cycle has a good plot, but everything is too detailed. You can barely focus on what's going on because eight pages can be spent describing the hilt of a sword. I'm going to have to take his word for it because I have not read it. Yeah. At first it was like Inheritance Trilogy, which I think I read, but I don't think that that's this. I'm I not think there's a YA sure. series that's also the Inheritance Trilogy or the Inheritance Cycle. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm going to have to take your word because I don't know it. <laughs> Carla off the shelves MLS said, I hate the secret pregnancy and don't tell the father about the child for years storyline. Hate it. Hate it. I'm currently reading that. So I've been like on a Beverly Jenkins kick since we were reading her uh-huh. for the podcast. And so her second book of the Destiny series basically has that. Like this woman shows up. She's like, I had your baby. Acknowledge him. And so he's got to deal with it. So I'm still early in the book. So I don't know how. I like work. secret baby coming back stories. But um, yeah, like secret baby with the mom. And she's like, I just don't know. Like that doesn't get me. But, like, coming back, it was like, I'm your kid. Like, that I live for. Lamari shit, that I live for. <laughs> <laughs> you fit right in with Lorelai's staff. We're like, we're not here for the secret baby shit. We're going to tell them. <laughs> we're going to tell them, get a Mari-branded <laughs> paternity test. Come on the show. That's some uh, cousins who went on that show, apparently. 
Um, Kindle uh, says the whole Blueford series was unnecessary. I did look this up. I guess it's like, um, like, I don't know if it was like urban teen lit or something. It was like a series of kind of loosely connected stories and there are a whole bunch of them. But it seemed like, again, maybe something, I don't know when it came out, but I wasn't familiar with it. Um, yeah, these, but I guess it was unnecessary. So yes, these YA <laughs> controversial opinions. I can't. Uh, so here's the next one. The immortal series better than twilight. And I Ooh. feel like calling things better than twilight. Isn't that uncontroversial opinion? That's true. But Many I don't know, but I know how why is they're very passionate about their books. So there's probably somebody <laughs> really mad. Um, that was from at tat Y F Michelle. Breezy Brayo says, um, I'm not impressed with the alchemist. <laughs> I like how she's just so, I love, I know. I just like saying I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. Dot, and I, dot, like, I like the punctuation in this tweet. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm not, imp- I don't know. I don't, I'm not impressed with, I'm going to start saying that. I'm not impressed with uh, Liam Neeson's apology. Uh, uh, Tay, Tay Tings at So Dope Tay times three said, Tay Monet is a dope author. I believe she's referring to herself and I like the self shine. I like the I like the shine. I like, I, I like the gumption that this yes. is like unpopular literary opinions and she's like, I'm great. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know who's saying that you aren't, but go for it, girl. I love it. She had an opportunity. She, she took it. She took it. She took it. I love it. I love the, that, one. <laughs> that probably, was like one of the very first ones we got to. And it's probably my favorite because I'm like, I, I think see so. you. I see She's you. She's like, tell me, Monet is dope. Yeah. I was like, you're okay, pumping girl. yourself up. I see you. I see you. Okay. And then the last one, listen, early, overthinking Olive had a lot to say and we we're going to hear all of it. Yes. She says, um, beloved is more frustrating than good. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see how you would be frustrated by it. <laughs> I do. People think make don't people make valid arguments that that's not her best. Like there are other like I had a professor. So there was that professor I told you who worked at my old job who I'd always mm-hmm. harass about the books I was reading, and I think he liked Sula better. Uh, okay. He made a very or uh, jazz. So okay. yeah. Um, she says romance novels are more than pornographic sex scenes, but those scenes are important. Personal preference. And yeah, I get it. Like, I, I don't know why you would go to read romance that ain't sexy. There are romances that don't have sex. And I think the thing is, people think you have to have sex in a romance novel and you don't. It's not required for it to be a romance. There are other like it has to have romance. Let me let me rephrase my statement. Oh. I don't know why I would go read. <laughs> so okay. okay. So sexy. You know, again, we need to clarify and say what we mean. So I don't know why I would do it. <laughs> she says audiobooks are reading, um, which I agree and disagree. Like, I believe that it is consuming, you know, and interacting with books, but I do feel like it, it activates a different part of my brain than reading on the page. And I think that a lot of times when we say something's different, people think that one has to be good and one has to be bad. Nope. I think they're, they're both super valid. I just feel like for me, like I, I just approach them differently. Can I come at you with a well, actually? Go for it. <laughs> Apparently they did like actual neurological studies. And once mm-hmm. you reach a certain fluency, like when you're not learning how to read, mm-hmm. but you're like us adult readers who have grasp, it activate. Apparently it activates the same areas because when you oh. read you're hearing your internal voice read mm-hmm. it. 
and it's similar to having it read to you. This is what I can find it. But I saw it in a video. They, they did a study and said that listening to a story being read after a certain level of fluency is not that neurologically different from reading it yourself. Hey, that's fine. I just know me. <laughs> I know. And you said for you, and I get it because some, I still feel like I don't retain things as well. On yeah. Audiobook, but yeah, I, I get it. Page. Yeah, that's fine. And I, you know, I, I have a lot of those badges on Audible. So. <laughs> um, Harry Potter didn't need prequels. Um, which, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it didn't need sequels. <laughs> And then Wicked the Play is better than Wicked the Book. She's got more. She's not done. Um, Sula, Jazz, Paradise, and Song of Solomon would have been better movies than Beloved Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> She's calling, you she know, calling Oprah out. Several, I told you several people are like, you should tell Oprah that you have a podcast. Let's go get on that. But I feel like if she ever actually listened, she'd be like, these, these little bitches coming for Gail. <laughs> coming for <laughs> a wrinkle time. Like, I don't think that, I think we're beyond the pale for Oprah. Oprah Oprah's done with us. Um, seven, the, she, she keeps coming for Oprah's brand. The Color <laughs> Purple has a sequel it doesn't need. I didn't even, I, I think I didn't, I didn't know. know it had a sequel. I, think it, I did know, I just didn't care. I agree, <laughs> it doesn't need a sequel. Um, not all books need to be finished. I need Agreed. to remember that. Um, romance novels need more pray, fucking praise. Agreed. Agreed. They need more respect. Somebody was talking about how she went and bought some romance novels at an airport bookstore and the cashier laughed at her. I'd be like, oh, sir, yeah, when you're taking that. my money, you need to yeah. chill. I'll be like, relax yourself. Yeah. Um, and finally, she says, Breakfast at Tiffany's was just okay. I haven't read the book. I haven't read it either. I feel that way about the movie. No, I feel it was not good about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's with all the racism? Um, so, yeah. Oh, I did not change any of that. You did that. It's okay. I will pull it up <laughs> while you talk about what you're reading. Okay, so that's all. Thank you for everyone who gave us feedback. Like I said, it was like, this is a supersized episode because just so much is happening. And you know what? So much is happening like all over the place. Like people in personal life, people at work, just everybody was like wild and people on the street were wild. And so I feel like this was just hate month. (laughs) (laughs) Full of rage. Just full of rage. So Um, next month we're reading My Sister the Serial Killer. Mm-hmm. By Oyinquan Barathwaite. I will make sure I can say her name properly when we do the episode because I got called out on that too. I think. Oh, I thought I got called out. She said one of us kept mispronouncing Tommy's name. And I think what happens is I mock Tommy Loren so often by calling uh, her Tammy that now uh, I just see the name Tommy and I change it to Tammy. <laughs> So, yes. Also, I think this book is currently on sale. You can get it for $4 on Kindle. So look for our link for that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's how we're going to celebrate hate month with some uh, some murder. Some murder. Speaking of murder. So I have been reading the Murderbot Diaries (laughs) by Martha Wells. I haven't even heard of that. I guess they're just novellas and then they're going to get a full book, but it's about like this murder bot who um, like basically starts watching TV and he's like, mm, I think I'd rather do that <laughs> than all the murdering. It's, it's good. It's good. Um, that's all I've been reading. I'm still, I am still going through Black Leopard, Red Wolf. I'll listen to like an hour of it and then I'll sit and I'll be like, okay, that was really interesting. It's it's a heavy, dense book. Let me go back. And, like, I've been listening to it and then going back and looking at the print book. 
That's what I did. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So I'm, um, I'm still working on that one, which is new for me. I'm proud of you. And when you're, we should do some kind of patroniny. We should get that set up. And that we should. We do. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I've still sort of been in a slump too. I think I only did two books since we last spoke. I read, um, I, as I said, I finished Gingerbread, the newest mm-hmm. book by Helen Oyeyeme. Mm-hmm. It was very, I don't want to say I, I gave it three stars. Mm-hmm. I like how she writes. I like how the setting she sets up, which feels a lot like an Afro-British Welcome to Night Vale. Mm. It's surreal. There's like talking dolls. She's very funny. She puts these little asides that are like funny. And again, all the characters are black and it's like this fable where it's all black characters. And I kind of love that. Mm. So I really like it. My problem was the book sort of dragged in the middle. Mm. Like it got real laggy. And I think um, that sort of took away, like I didn't see where it was going. It took away the point. It was a real, it was a real effort to push through. Okay. So, but I like it. I I may check out some of her other work and see if maybe she has something that's a little bit tighter. Because mm. I do like her weird take on things. Okay. So um, I also read um, the final novella in Alyssa Cole's Reluctant Royal series. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. I'm going to reread when the new book is coming out. I really love the series, guys. I'm going to reread the whole thing so you'll uh-huh. hear about it again. <laughs> um, and it was cute. It's very, it's a novella. It's the sister from the second book. She's a wheelchair user. Mm-hmm. And she, it's very nerdy. Like, it was really, she's, like, making all these pop culture references. And the guy she falls for is a live stream, a, video, a puzzle live streamer. Like, he does puzzles. And she finds them online. And that's how they meet is because she uses his voice to fall asleep. So that is some nerd love right there. It's super nerdy. It made me think of, you know how you said uh Frank's really into board games? Uh-huh. Like that kind of thing. Like uh-huh. uh Yeah. Oh, you know, t- ask him about Tom Vassell. I, I watch so many <laughs> board game people on YouTube. Yeah, so that's what this is. And then I read the first series, so I guess I did three. I read the first series in Beverly Jenkins' Destiny, Destiny's series, Destiny's mm-hmm. Embrace. Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty, it was, I gave that like a uh, 3, 3.5. So it was pretty good too. Okay. So, but yeah, I'm still reading Beartown. <laughs> <laughs> I DNF'd the cooking gene because I'm like, I'm not getting back to this, but I am actively. Here's the thing, 40% in the, uh-huh. you would know this term. What's the term that kicks off? Like you have your exposition and then there's, and I should know it. Rising action? Well, it kicks off the rising action. Like, this is the um, thing that happens. I and can't now remember, all girl. Yeah. <laughs> that finally happened 40% into the book. Ooh. The thing that marks, like, the, like this is. Where they get starting. Yes. That moves everything forward finally happened. Everything else before that was just exposition and learning about these characters. But now that we finally, the thing that has happened, has happened, it's moving and I'm like, oh my gosh, this could have come at the 25% mark. <laughs> so I want to finish it because it is actually getting interesting now, but it was okay. a struggle. A struggle to get there. Inciting incident? Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Girl, the I don't thing remember. That kicks off everything. <laughs> oh I don't my remember gosh. nothing. My oh whole my brain God. is destroyed after hate, 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 hate. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yes. So I hope next time we talk, mm-hmm. I am looking forward to saying I finished Baritown. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say I'll, I'll finish Black Leopard Red Wolf next time we talk. 
Maybe I'll put that intention out there in the universe. That's what I'm doing. Like, I'm now at, I think I'm now halfway through. Okay. I can do this. So You can do it. I believe in you. My Kindle is still on airplane mode. It's been been in airplane mode since the month of February. Nothing has updated on my Kindle. It's still stuck in pre-daylight savings time. I I need to finish this book. So, yeah. That's what I've been reading. Okay. Um, so I think we talked very briefly, but uh, next month we're going to read My Sister the Serial Killer, which I guess I have, I'm about halfway through that. Yeah, um, it's a quick read. It's not too long. It is a quick read. It's very interesting. It's not quite what I expected, um, but I'll, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. Um, and um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the kickoff to hate month. Yes, this is a new <laughs> thing I guess we're doing. Yeah. This is how all of our traditions have started, though. Like, we did it one year, and we're like, we should do that again. We should and do now that again. Like, That's fine. Um, so, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say thank you for listen. Thank you for all those who sent in uh, feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, again, this is like our most popular chat. Uh-huh. You can find us in future chats on Twitter at BC at Black Chick Lit. On Twitter at Black Chick Lit. Mm-hmm on Instagram at BCL Podcast, and you can visit us at blackchicklit.com. Um, if you have questions or comments, you can send them to contact at blackchicklit.com. Uh, is it tacky? Our advertising form and information's up. If you're an author and you're looking for an affordable way to maybe get your book out in front of an audience, oh, yeah, check us out. Exactly. Yeah, you can, yeah uh, check out our website. We have some information if you'd like to sponsor. Yeah, um, so... And lastly, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. It's how it helps people find us, mm-hmm. and it just makes us happy. Yeah, even give us a one star. I don't give. Come yell at us on Twitter. Like it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, come yell at us. Engage with us. It, it's it takes a lot to get us riled up. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty. I mean, there's so much stuff happening. I can't get mad that someone got mad at me over a book. I mean, yeah. We're, I've learned we're selling nuclear weapons to people now. I whatever. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we're, we're it's done. It's over. <laughs> um. I just want to say again, I will be at KissCon. So if you'll be at KissCon, tweet me. I'm at Danny underscore Lacey. Oh yeah, I, look for her. She's gonna be in an airbrushed T-shirt with our logo on it. <laughs> I did try to get my mom to make something. I don't think she has time, and I'm a little uh, heated. So maybe I'll just go. I was gonna make buttons. I had a whole thing, and then it didn't happen. Um, I haven't even packed yet. So, yes. So, yeah, look for me there. I would love to see other romance readers of color, especially in light of the uh, recent debacle happening in the the genre. And, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. We did it. We did it, Another supersized episode. Another supersized episode, but I think a fun one. (laughs) My mom started listening to them, and she's like, these are too long. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. It's like, break it up. You got something to listen to all week. (laughs) Exactly. No, it's like you got to knock it out all in one go. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.